What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Wompley. Listen, are you a gig worker? Are you self-employed? Small businesses and self-employed folks have had to be very flexible and creative this year. Like us, we now do podcasts remotely. We never did that before. And Wompley is here to help you weather the storm. Wompley has helped over 100,000 small businesses get a PPP stimulus loan. Up to 41.1 million self-employed workers may qualify for up to over 40 $41,000 in 100% forgivable PPP loans. Funds are limited, so apply for free today at, are you ready? Wompley.com slash smoking tire. That's W-O-M-P-L-Y dot com slash smoking tire. Apply today for free at Wompley.com slash smoking tire. We are also brought to you by Harry's Razors. I love Harry's Razors. I like them so much that they used to advertise on our show, and then they took a little break, and I kept buying their razors anyway. I did never, I never ever went back to the drugstore brand. Now they're back in the hood, and so I don't have to pay for razors for a while. Woohoo! Because I definitely rock Harry's razors. You know, the problem is too often you have to choose between quality and a fair price, right? Where is the value? That's where Harry's comes in. You don't have to choose. They give you award-winning blades at factory direct prices. The first time I used Harry's razors, I was very impressed with the uh, the quality of the edge on the blades. Um, I have that thick Arab facial hair. And so I need a little horsepower on my blade to get through that. And uh, I really like the shaving cream as well, especially the travel uh, cans that I take on the road with me. They get right in my little dop kit, and they're perfect for shaving on the road. And I want you to try Harry's as well. They deliver a close, comfortable shave at a fair price for only two bucks a refill. They believe in quality so much that they bought their own factory in Germany to own every step of the manufacturing process, and they stand behind the quality of their blades so much that they have a 100% money-back guarantee if you go to harrys.com. Com. For a limited time, Harry's has an exclusive offer for listeners of the Smoking Tire. New customers can get a Harry's starter set and a free body wash for just $3 at harrys.com slash tire. That's over a $16 value for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash tire. Higher. That's a five-blade razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel, a travel cover, and a travel-sized body wash. It's an incredibly great deal, but act fast while supplies last. Go to harrys.com slash tire to redeem your offer. And how about Sunday Lawn Care? Here's a new one, right? So I bought a new house. And I haven't moved in yet. We're waiting to do renovations. So it was the perfect opportunity for me to try this stuff on the lawn because it was low risk, right? Because I don't have to, God forbid it went wrong. I don't have to like live there yet. I got the product. It's really easy because the last thing anyone like, I don't know how to take care of a lawn. Like, I don't know what to do. How do I even know what to do? But Sunday, it's not another lawn care product. It's a custom product. It works with nature. Like, what you do is you literally put your address in their 
website, I got a free lawn analysis tool, which uses a combination of like local knowledge of the soils and compositions of the ground, plus Google Maps imagery to get your square footage and then what kind of soil and grass is common there. So you get the stuff your lawn needs with a tailored nutrient plan and nothing it doesn't. It's made with ingredients you can actually pronounce like seaweed, iron, and molasses so you can grow better grass and feel better about it. The box showed up. All I had to do is attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. That was it. Put the thing on the hose, spray. Done. It took less than 15 minutes. I sprayed it all over my lawn, and my lawn looks nice. I'm glad I don't have to do other things now. I think if I continue to use this stuff for the next few months as they're doing the renovations inside the house, that by the time it's time to move in, I'm going to be like field of dreams out here. It's going to be like a forest in there. It's going to be amazing. The grass looks better than ever. Sunday has taken the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn. Go to GetSunday.com slash tire. That's GetSunday.com slash tire to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. Go to GetSunday.com slash tire. 20 bucks off your custom lawn plan at GetSunday. Speaking of grass, Tradecraft Farms is the official ganja of the Smoking Tire podcast. Let me tell you about a new product that they have invented at Tradecraft Farms. I went for the re-up. The best day of my month is the re-up. That's where they pay us, and they give me the products, the sponsorship materials, as it were. Um, You can see these materials at their Instagram, Tradecraft underscore farms. They have invented a a new aerosolized THC device, more colloquially known as ganja banaca. You see a spray under your tongue, it's five milligrams. And one of these little mini jars... I don't want to blow up their branding name yet. They gave me prototypes. They haven't announced like the branding yet. I don't even want to say what it's called yet. It's coming out in like a month, but I don't want to like blow up their spot. But a little Banaka tube is a hundred five milligram sprays. Hello travel. This is perfect. It's it's this is the this is revolutionary, and only Tradecraft has got it. Did they put it on their Instagram? Is that it yet? On that post? No. Okay. Well, when they post about it, I'll start talking about it more. But it exists. I've tasted it. I, I'm the beta. It's like full self-driving beta, except the, the, the things only happen inside your body. No one gets hurt. No one else gets hurt. Um, yeah. If don't, you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to come all the way to California just to shop at the Port Wainimi uh, Tradecraft Farms dispensary. Uh, but all I'm asking from your, from your boy over here at the Smoking Tire, give him a follow on the gram and tell him we sent you. Make us look good for the sponsors, because I don't want this train ride to end. You feel me? You feel me. Alrighty, folks, on this episode of the show, we uh, have our good old friend Andrew Frankel, classic British motoring journalist, uh, calling in from the middle of the woods in the UK, right on the Welsh border. Uh, We had some technical difficulties because this fool lives in the middle of nowhere. And so uh, it it was a bit of a struggle technically, but Andrew is a great dude. He's a fabulous writer. He's got great stories. He's promoting his Instagram uh, British car. It's a British car mag on Instagram. It's called the Intercooler. It's proper British journalism, uh, but in an easily digestible Instagram format. And they have other things that they're doing with this brand. So we look forward to seeing that. But for now, give the Intercooler on Instagram a follow and listen to the British motoring stylings of our friend Andrew Frankel on the Smoking Tire podcast. 
Yeah, well, usually yeah. what happens to us is, is is a tree falls on my on our internet connection. <laughs> yeah, you, you laugh. It you laugh. It happens. Not surprising, actually. I laugh, then, I laugh because also, I know how true it is. And then also, what you get is um, the cables kind of hooked up on a on a pole that they put up like fifty years ago because it's comes yeah. down the telephone line, and they come along and they say that pole's too old to climb. It's too so old to, to climb. climb. Yeah, it's not safe. It's it's totally okay for it to stay there and hold up your power. Oh yeah, power. absolutely. Like, I'm yeah, not, yeah, absolutely. I'm not going up there. <laughs> They're not going up there. So, and then and then that you then you are just in a world of pain. You are uh, also the poles on somebody else's land. I mean, it's you know, the whole thing is just a a nightmare. But um, we're working at. Did the did you and Chris Harris end up living in the same tiny little village with like fifty yeah. people in it intentionally? Who was there first? Uh, depends what you mean by there. So I was in the area first. I was okay. about four miles away. I was in a little cottage over the hill. Uh-huh. Um, then Chris bought in Brockware. And then, so he was first to Brockware, but I was first to the area. So who knows? It is quite strange. Um, it is. Well, I, they, I, did, you know, I, I, did, I did I did. ask his permission because I thought it, this is a bit weird. Um, and I, I, did, I did ask him if he was okay with it. Um, anyway, so cool. Yeah, no, I mean he's a, he's a fun neighbor to have. I imagine yeah. I imagine good yeah. times can be had when when Chris lives, you know, right across the street from you, basically. When um, he's around, but but you know, but you know how you know he, he's just here, there, and everywhere. Um, yeah, and quite, as, you, as you will know, he's quite a difficult bloke to uh, to tie down to anything at all. But if when oh you do, oh my god, I there are very few people that I that I consider friends where it's normal and acceptable behavior for them to return a text message months. <laughs> months later like it's not but hey he returns it so well that's what i'm saying i go how did you even find you know what i mean because it's like no so what what what, the only time it pisses me off is when people come to me and say is chris okay because i've been texting him you know like left right and center and i haven't heard anything back um and i kind of like become his filter um and i just say yeah he's absolutely fine he's just being chris I think, yeah, if, I think it'd be not okay if he's actually getting back to you. If he's not, if he's getting back to you same day, you know, send a send a team in there because he's got a problem. <laughs> no, but um, I, I watched your uh, I watched your Citroen race. It's fabulous. Two CV, oh, two fun. CVs. That was, a, that was a laugh. Your two CV yeah. looks kind of nice. It is. Yeah, but you have a good. I didn't good really one. want to. Yeah, I mean, well, it depends. What you mean by good, I quite, I, I secretly quite admire. I mean, his is in such a. I mean, that that film didn't do justice to just how bad that car is. Does um, his car but, drive as badly as it looks, or is it one of those? I don't know. I've never driven it. I, oh, I, I, it's really strange. Um, we've kind of raced each other back from the pub um, in them, and uh, <laughs> he's never driven mine. I've never driven his. It's it's kind of a box we've got to tick. The idea um, that you can race them back from a pub. It's funny because that's an activity that nobody should be doing, racing their car. And yet it's, it's so slow that like, it's actually a fairly reasonable thing to do. The, the last time we did it, and ask Chris, it's absolutely true. We, we, we went past a police car outside and we were going so slowly. He didn't even raise an eyebrow. So go ahead. No, I was just uh, another invite just come in from you. Oh, I'm now drowning in invites. <laughs> Yo, this technology stinks. It's not working for us right now. But have you heard in the U.S. of something called Beetle Ball? No. Beetle Ball is a flat-out 
long distance endurance street race in Volkswagen Beetles, old ones. And because they only go like 65, you can, you can have a flat out street race. It's kind of okay. It's the kind of thing you guys would enjoy though. I'm surprised you haven't switched cars and driven his, his shitter. So am I, so am I. Um, he he's he's a bit he's a bit he's a, he's a bit protective about this. I mean, I mean, I've, I've driven quite a few of these things, but some some things he just kind of thinks, no, they're his, and I don't know. I'll do it. I will do it. I'll definitely get in it. Have um, you driven ever just, like in you know because you've driven old stuff and new stuff, and you've yeah, yeah. done crazy things with with collector vehicles and very special yeah. historical vehicles? Do you ever do you find that? If you if you certain certain old cars, you know the ones with their patina, the never restored, that just kind of kept alive versus a full restoration. Do you find that one drives better than the other? Uh, well, I like are the cars with all the with with all the patina, yeah, but which drive as they should. Um, yeah, because cars that are just out mechanically, they're just shit, aren't they? <laughs> um, to, to, to me, there is there there is no. Are we are we are we, are we recording this? Are we yeah, we've been recording. No, we've been recording. We we dive bomb into the show. It's all good. Oh, okay, fine. Um, but yeah, uncensored. Say whatever you feel. Can't get fired. Productions. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I just I just I just can't be done with cars which don't feel as they should. And the other thing is, you know, and you will know this. You know, if you do what we do for a living. How do you know what your driving is representative? If you've got to go yeah. and write about it, how do you know whether some old thing that you've driven is actually communicating to you in the way that it should? And you, and you don't know whether this car feels terrible because the car's terrible, or whether that's the way they all were. So yeah. What I, I, I so what I like, I like, I really, really like cars. There's a bloke who I've forgotten his name who races a C-type Jaguar over here, and it is the scruffiest thing you've ever seen. I mean, it's worth millions. Um, but every, <laughs> every, every every fight it's ever had and every racetrack it's ever had it's been on in the, in its 60 odd year career yeah they're all still on there but the thing is driven so well and under the bonnet it is in such great condition that to me is the perfect car as long as it drives properly i'd just much yeah. rather it looks you know it just looked like um it, you know because the body work with these cars they kind of tell a story don't they yeah and you look at them um, I always, you see my these, favorite are gall wings. You see, gall wings with patina yeah. somehow are yeah, just but, but there are the so best. few of them. There are so, I mean, I did the I did the Miller Miller in one a few years back, and there must have been I don't know 20, 30 gall wings on there, and they were all perfect. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and that's the problem. You, 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 you get this, um, you know, you get these restorations um, where the cars come out better than they would ever have been when they were new, mm-hmm. and they lose something. They become you know, they, they, they might become an art form or, or, or something else, but some of the charm goes with them, I think. Well, they, you know, my friends here in the States, they call them over-restored. You know, the car that, that is, yeah. is beyond what was available from the factory. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, they like to buy the, the low-mile stuff or the survivor stuff, you know, the one, one of the two. You know, those. Yeah. we just had a Gullwing come through here at Westside that had – duct tape on the fender i mean it was fabulous <laughs> it was like and you started it up and it sounded like the pits lamar i mean it must have had a hole in the muffler or something because it was a little louder than i think it was probably yeah. supposed to be but it sounded awesome and it fired right up and it was easy to drive i drove it three blocks onto the trailer but it you know it engaged right away and those cars like a going you could daily drive a going Oh geez, I mean they're so good. I mean when when I did so the good. when I did the millimeter, this was kind of like in a Mercedes provided car, so it was perfect. Mm. Um, and, and I did this thing, and I felt like a complete fraud by the end of it because it's it's just too good. You know, you see all these poor sods in their 
you know, their old contraptions battling into, you know, arriving at time checks just as you're leaving, you know, having sat down, yeah. had your had your coffee and your meal, and they're still out on the road. And you're getting in this thing and it's going down the road at 110, 120 miles an hour, just like a modern car. And you're sitting great, there thinking, I'm it? actually not making any. Yeah, but um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, if I was going to do it again, I'd want to do it in something old and slow. I'd like to do it in a, like a, a 1920s Bentley or something. Yeah. Um, because then there wouldn't be any pressure to go fast or keep up because at the front of that event, it's, it's just a bit crazy. Um, what you what you particularly get on that event is you get these really, really fast cars, the sort of 50s racing Ferraris and Maseratis. But the problem is their support crews because you've got these really rich guys in these really amazing cars and they say to their team, okay, your job, you know, in your hired SUV from, you know, Milan Airport is to keep up with me. Because oh, if I got really? a problem, you, you need to be there. If I got a problem, you, you need, need to be, be there. right there, right yeah, there. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. So, so you get, you know, you get these guys in their, you know, 250 millimilia Ferrari, you go boom, and but right behind them, there's a bloke in a Toyota Previa, and it's just, you know, so that's kind of it. But down the no other way. end, with the Bentleys and the Bugattis and the Alphas, um, you know, the, it just doesn't matter. Um, so that's such yeah. an interesting perspective. Yeah, the, the yeah. crews like right, the crews. it's like a group. That's race. Where, that's that's, where, that's, fucking that's where the nuts. that's where that's where the danger is. I mean, I saw some pretty crazy overtaking of, on that event, um, but most of it was by support crews, not the not the real thing. Yeah, how yeah. interesting. You know, I know uh, I know some guys who've done like gumball, and then you know the melee, and, and they. <laughs> They basically say it's the same thing. One is just like because the cars are more valuable, they just let you get away with more. But they're they're basically the same thing. You just dress a little different. Yeah, and people, you know, people just get carried away. And also on me, yeah. you know, when when the police, they don't just let you get away with it. They collude with you. They they actively try to get you to go faster. Um, and you know, and, and if you're not kind of keeping up, they will tell you. Know, um, and you can't trust a Sicilian police officer. <laughs> <laughs> but you could, you know, you could just, you could just see how the, and you know, let's not be, you know, let's not be, um, let's be frank about this. You know, there are big accidents on those things, and you can see how, yeah. that, how they happen. People are really tired. They've been on the road for days. They're going really fast, and if you know, however tired they are, their cars are probably get even more tired. And you know, these drum brakes, and you know, the the passes yeah. that you get at the end, and yeah, problems happen, but. Yeah, great event. Yeah, what kind of like last, in a, what kind of seat time are you looking at? And it's like a twelve-hour driving day, right? So the last time I did it, um, for whatever reason, um, I Mercedes would only assure me to drive the car, so I so so I couldn't even share the driving with somebody else. Um, oh God! Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not complaining. I'll drive it. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess no. It's just ex- least, it's just exhausting. Yeah, it sounds, you're, it sounds you're, absolutely you're doing exhausting. It, you're, do, you're doing at least that. Yeah, and it, and yeah. it's twelve hours, not. Um, not one mile of which is on any kind of you know motorway, um, and you know, and all the time you're going fast. Um, wow, hey, it's, it's, it, it, <laughs> it's in- it sounds yeah, intense. I mean, frankly, it yeah, sounds it, very it, intense. It, it, when I finished the line, I turned to him, um, and I said, What's your feeling right now? As we went over the line, he went, Relief, relief that it yeah. was over and that we're in one piece. Not wow, that was an amazing experience, which it was that came later, yeah. but at the time yeah. it was just. Thank fuck with that. We haven't screwed it up. And yeah. Give when this I car was back doing these, the right uh, num- number of bits. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, irreplace, you know, irreplaceable car, or, or, yeah. or at least at least historically significant, if not irreplaceable. But yeah. even that 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 reaction, though, back in the day when I was doing this silly 
you know, road rallies that were road lifestyle rallies that are just basically endurance street races. You know, they were real fun when I was 25, but, but when you finish this, when you finish, it's the same thing. You go, nobody killed anybody. No, nobody, you yeah. know, nothing, nothing horrible happened. Here. Like, yeah. okay. Now, you know, it's, yeah. it's, and, and after a while you're like, should, should we be doing that? <laughs> That's what I. That's what I felt. That's what I felt. Yeah. Should we be doing this? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? What? Sure. Okay. Because I want you to tell me what a car I should have driven is like. Because you've been out in the Alva, haven't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. You. I, was I finally to got one. It, but, um, finally got one on. Yeah. You. I needed the road and track business card. Without the road and track business card, I wasn't. I wasn't. Matt Farah wasn't getting dick. But. Um, the Elva is so crazy and it's, it's so good because they've gone full whimsy and they have abandoned, you know, are you driven the seven, six, five? Yeah. 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 Did you, did you determine that like, okay, you can stop now. This is, this just stop. This is, (laughs) that's, that was my takeaway. My takeaway was like, I thought the seven, six, five was absolutely awesome. I love that. Well, it's crazy, but you, but when you think about the fact that all it takes is a credit check and you're out the door with one, you know, you, you know, uh, they said, uh, you know, on, uh, my insurance providers annual phone call, they said that the seven twenty is the most written off supercar they write off wow. one a week one a week and wow. so while i understand the, the the urge to go you know to push the limits of physics and to make faster cars and that's what supercar makers do right at a certain point <laughs> the 765 blew the tires off at 90 miles an hour with the traction control on. <laughs> like okay <laughs> um it's like yeah. it felt like a prototype car or something yeah. yeah but the problem is you talk to the guys who make these cars yeah, and so and you and you put them to, and you talk to Mike Fluitt, the head of McLaren, um, yeah. and he was McLaren Automotive, and he is a guy who lives and breathes Lotus. He races Lotuses. He he likes nothing. He doesn't want. He's not a huge fan of massive power. He just wants light, light, compact, lovely cars. But he has to build cars that his customers want, right. and they just want more. Yeah, you know, you know what? Like, the, I don't think they should have made it slower. I just like they didn't have to do the close ratio gearbox. That's where it really started being like, did you really go hammer down in the seven twenty and go? I know what this needs: fifteen percent improvement in in gear acceleration. Like yeah. that's why you know. So but, anyway, you know, it's it's what they do. It's what they do. But yeah. the point yeah. being, with the Elva. My concern when I was going to drive it was that they built a 765 LT without a windshield, that that's all this was. And thank the baby Jesus, as Jeremy would say, that it's not that. Um, The powertrain, although it makes 800 horsepower, it's basically standard 720S powertrain. It's sprung and damped like a streetcar. It's not a track day special. It's a streetcar. And... And it's so light and so effortless that even though it makes all this power, there's almost no road in the world where you could use it all. So you end up enjoying other things about the experience besides the sheer speed. And there's like 
obviously there's sheer speed. It's it's crazy how fast it is, but it's a crazy fast street tune. Not it doesn't have the close ratio gearbox. It yeah. doesn't have the engine bolted to your spine. You know, it has more regular seats. Uh, the, the 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 tuning of it is meant is it's like a 720 basically. It's like a lighter 720. Um, does and the, it, does the flippy up thing work? Yeah. The flippy up yeah. thing works. AAMS, the ugly thing that comes up, it works. It stops anything that is about the weight of air. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it keeps like most dust uh, yeah. and and most bugs out of your yeah. face up okay. to about 100 miles an hour. Beyond 100 okay. miles an hour, it's pretty worthless. And the, the one thing that's annoying about AAMS is and actually the image that Zach has on the screen, which you don't have, is the the drawing of it. The image is inaccurate because the image implies that these the the flap, the AMS flap, pops up like an air brake yeah. when it in fact slides up, which is a very okay. funky system. Um, it stops working about a hundred, and every time you start the car, you have to turn it on. The default is off. Why is that? And, I don't know. And you, oh, and oh, by the way, because it's McLaren, you've got to be stopped or you have to yeah. be going below. No, no, not stopped. Excuse me. Not stopped below 30 miles an hour to turn it on. So yeah. here's a scenario. <laughs> I stopped to get fuel, put fuel in the car, wasn't thinking, got back on the freeway, accelerated the freeway speeds. Learn. Oh, oh my God. I left the thing down. Oh no. So now in order to act, I actually have to pull off in order to activate it. I can't just activate it at 60. So that is a mild inconvenience. Having said all this, to drive this car on a canyon road without anybody in front of you, without a helmet on, the AAMS, between 30 and 80 miles, 30 and 90 miles an hour, your your canyon speeds. There is not a more glorious experience in all of the automotive Wow. World. It is. It wow. is like riding. It's like riding a super bike with no helmet, but you can't get blown off or fall off. Or it's like, I, it's like flying a paper airplane or like, okay. it's so effortless. And so just like, and you're just out there, but it's not like an atom where you can, you're like, ah, this is a little sketch. It's got the solidness of being in a, 720, you know, based, based car. And then if you drive fast with the AMS down, I did 160 miles an hour with the AMS turned off. And I thought my face was going to tear off. (laughs) Like I I thought my glasses just disintegrated off my face. They didn't, but I thought they did. It's just crazy. Oh no. Did you freeze there? Hey, yeah, I know. Did you hear that? Did you freeze? Uh, I got, you did 160 miles an hour with the AMS off. I thought my face was going to tear off and I thought my sunglasses had disintegrated and it was just, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, considering all the other cars that are available at $2 million plus, and most of them are a variation on crazy horsepower, crazy top speed, crazy bespoke, et cetera, et cetera. I think that, and I haven't driven the, 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 the Ferrari one with no windshield either. I haven't tried that one. You probably have. Maybe you can tell me about that. No, no. Oh, you haven't either. No. So, 
it's a totally unique experience. When you get a chance, you know, circle back with me and I want to hear what you think. But I mean, I, it's I all whimsy and it, it, the lap times don't matter. It's just, uh, I'm glad that for that money that they are selling a totally unique experience, which is very, very cool. Yeah. Excellent. What have you driven recently that's knocked your socks off? Either let's talk about you do Drive Nation, which is now the intercooler, uh, the Instagram the only. Yeah, the Instagram only. Yeah, well, it's, it's not. It's not going to be Instagram. It's not going to be Instagram only for long. Um, oh. we're going to keep on. Um, so we have, yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, we have this little Instagram project which um, Dan Prosser and I have been doing for about three years, uh, and we built up a following, and we just try and do proper car journalism on Instagram. Which it's is great. A bit crazy because that's not what it, but that's not what Instagram is for. But we just thought there's a really big audience there and no one's going after them. So we thought we would. Um, what that's enabled us to do is to get a bit of investment from someone. Um, and so we are in the next two, three weeks going to launch a standalone online product. And I can't really say about oh, cool. much what it is, but if anybody wants to follow us at the intercooler, um, then, you know, that's where we'll, that's where we'll be. And that's where we'll tell everyone about it. But yeah, we just try and do, you know, short form journalism, but of a reasonable quality on Instagram. Um, and it seems to resonate with people. Um, we don't earn any money. I really like it. It's super digestible. Like it's really, really nice. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it, the, the, the problem for us has been we've done it for three years. We've loved every second out of it, and we've earned precisely nothing from it. Oh, that um, stinks. Well, it does. <laughs> I mean, it, awesome. it, it was all kind of part of the plan. Um, we, 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 yeah, we kind of knew we weren't going to really get much advertising on it. Um, we just wanted to grow it to a point where people would take it seriously and might want to invest a bit of money in it, and that's happened now. So um, we are quite excited about what we're going to do next. So, um, the Intercooler yeah, is space? a very good name. That's a good name. Do you think so? Like, yeah, I, I do. Think I'd it's love a good to. Name. Yeah. I, I'd love to. I'd love to say that's what we planned all along, but it wasn't. It was Drive Nation, which we really, really liked, until this investor came along and said, "You trademarked that name. You protected it." And we went, <laughs> "What's that? <laughs> What's that?" And they went, "Well, if you do build it into something really cool, and somebody wants to offer you a vulgar amount of money for it one day, you won't be able to sell it because they won't buy it unless it's protected." And we thought, "Oh, we'll just go and protect it." Turns out, someone else is doing it first. Oh no! So we so I'd like to say this was all part of some really cynically calculated business strategy, but we kind of had to do it, um, and we yeah. spent forever trying to find another name. Um, but what we do, we, we like the intercooler because a well intercooler that kind of obvious. We like the fact that it shortens to TI because there are a lot of cool cars with TI in their name, um, and yeah, and people have been very kind about it. So yeah. It, to me, cool. the intercooler implies like the car version of the water cooler, like the where the where people would gather at the office yeah, to talk about that's gossip, the idea. and and yeah. that's that's where I read it, knowing nothing at all about what the actual product is. That's what the name implies. If that's what it is, I think you've done well. Well, thank you very much. We we also like um you know, we like we like the fact that it's a it's a real name because you know most of the sort of new products in this in the automotive media uh, online area, they're, they're, they're kind of made up names because all the good names have gone. Um, and, you know, you can't call something car or auto car or performance car or Evo because, I mean, that's all road and track because that's all been done. Yeah. Um, so to find something which we think resonates, which is real and we can protect, which we have, that's just like, wow. Naming so, yeah, stuff is really, listen. really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, really, I mean, especially yeah. if you're talking about a global product, I mean, oof. Ooh, now we're yeah, going international yeah. with the trademarks. I mean, it's crazy. 
the tough, tough yeah. thing. Yeah. So but, wait, but I, you so you spun this. I asked you about something that knocked your socks off, and then you spun it to me yapping about the Elva. So I'm going to throw it back at you. What did you drive recently that knocked your socks off? Oh, uh, what about yeah, seven six five LT. But we can't spend our entire time talking about McLarens because that that would be boring. But that's um, I thought that was um, I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to driving the new GT3. Have you, has anybody driven that in America yet? No, but I have a date. They, I'm driving it uh, the second um, week in April. I get it for 24 whole hours, but better than you? nothing. Yes, I do. Wow. This is what they're doing in America instead of press launches now. Uh, Porsche, they come to your house and they give you a little 30-minute walk around with the car and then they leave you with the car for 24 hours and they come get it. That's what they're doing instead of a press launch. Frankly, I'm about this. I'm 100% on board with that for forever. Yeah, th- th- this this sounds like the work of your friend of mine, Mr. Fitton, doesn't it? This, uh, I don't know. This I think this is uh, Frank Weissman might have come up with this plan, but uh, okay. I will take it. I will take yeah. the plan. Porsche, yeah. the way that Porsche's GT launch program happens in Europe is like way different than how it happens in America. Porsche cars North America and Porsche cars in Europe are like, they're operated like completely different companies. It's real, really crazy. Like last year, shit, I guess it was two years ago, wasn't it? 2019. I didn't do anything last year. <laughs> 2019. Who did? Who did? Yeah. So. Porsche Cars North America has to buy their press cars from Porsche Cars Germany. For real. And so Frank had a really good idea where he would have some journalists take factory delivery of these press cars, drive them from Stuttgart to Leipzig, put them on a transport plane and fly to Ohio with the cars. I, I did this and we drove them down tail of the dragon and delivered them to Porsche in Atlanta. So we literally took delivery of Porsche cars, North America's like press fleet and brought show. show but, uh, but that's a really cool story, isn't it? Super cool. That's a cool story. Yeah. And we flew yeah. on the, so, so, either the coolest or the trashiest plane ever. It was like an old decommissioned 747 that had a liveaboard mechanic. I mean, it was so crazy. It was so ridiculous. You had to wear like a hazmat suit. It was the grimiest shit ever. Oh, it's a great right. story. Oh, it's a I'd great really love story. to do that. Great story. Yeah. Um, how did you get uh, started? Oh, go ahead. No, no. So how how did you get started writing about cars? Yeah. Uh, by being shit at everything else. <laughs> I kind of... No, it's, it's true. I, I kind of, I never thought that I'd ever get to do something like this because to me, people who did what I do for a living now, they were, they were, they were movie stars. They were, they were my heroes. You know, when I grew up in the seventies and the eighties reading car magazine in the UK, the guys who worked for that, um, yeah, I can remember that I was once, um, in a restaurant in London and, um, a red 308 GTB pulled up outside. This must've been in about, 1983 something like that and i was there with my dad and steve cropley yeah editor-in-chief of autocar but then the editor of car got out and came in and i was just sitting you know marilyn monroe had walked in and i wouldn't have been more surprised and i was just and my father said you must go and talk to him and tell him how much what he does you how much you appreciate what he does because you'll just make his day i couldn't do it now, Cropley is really? a mate of mine. I've known Steve Cropley now yeah. for 30 years. And I, just, I, just, I was so completely starstruck. Wow. I couldn't do it. So, uh, and, I, and I sort of tell that story because it kind of illustrates why I never thought I could possibly do it. Despite the fact that the only thing I ever wanted to do was drive cars and the only thing I ever showed any aptitude for at all 
was writing English. Um, it just never occurred to me that I might be able to get to do that. So I tried. Put those two together and make a career. Yeah, but I, 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 I just, you kind of get what you feel you deserve. And I never felt I deserved that. So I went off and did all sorts of jobs. I tried to be a money man in the city of London and I just got sacked from everything. And then I, I tried to become a lawyer and I didn't make it through the India the law course. And I then kind of went home and watched daytime television for a bit. Um, I, I was literally just watching my life disappear down the drain when somebody let me know there's, there was a job going on autocar. And, and the only smart thing I did was ring up because the advert, which I hadn't seen was quite old, just ring up to see whether the job was still available. And they said it was because um, they'd had like 400 responses and they just hadn't had time to go through. And all I said, which made the difference was I said, is there anything I can do to make my application stand out a bit? And they said, yeah, you can, if you could just write something, because we didn't ask that. We just asked people to send in their CVs. Um, if you can write something, um, we're sitting on 400 CVs and we don't know if any of them can write. And I had, what did I have at the time? I had a Renault 5, if you know what that is. Um, and I couldn't even type. Yeah, but my brother, my brother had a secretary. They sold those in America. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Um, <laughs> and so my brother, I, I wrote some rubbish about it. My brother's secretary typed it up. I sent it in. I got an interview, and um, yeah, that was thirty-three years ago. I mean, so the that's, lesson that's I got there into it. is, and, yeah, be ready. Take, take, you know, take the initiative, and and then and then when they ask something of you, fucking be ready and do your do your best at it. That's a good. That's a good lesson from that. Once I was there, I was. Yeah, I. I, th I think I will say that once I got there, um, I wasn't going to go anywhere because I suddenly. Re I suddenly realised that a. I was loving what I was doing, and this was. You know, you're never going to be rich. Um, you know, in magazine journalism, but you will always wake up on a Monday morning with a smile on your face. Um, yeah. And also the terror, the terror, having seen the other side, having been literally watching my life go down the drain, and the terror of returning to that was so great that you know the imperative to not screw it up um and i was i was lucky there were a couple of guys who helped me with my writing and they all kind of fell into place and um yeah i've just been i've just been the luckiest bloke in the world because i've been vocationally employed ever since yeah i mean i i don't i didn't really even get into it until it was the gig economy ready i don't really know what it's like to have like a you know a fairly regular position at a publication where you sort of have any kind of job security besides what's my next you know video on the calendar or whatever so it's yeah. a different a different kind of like level of like being part of a team i think that that they i mean i'm old as fuck now but the people a gener one generation behind you may not have uh, have been a part of because it's just like such a gig economy now you know it's tough yeah it all depends on the team doesn't it you know if you're part mm -hmm. of a great team and also car where i was in the early 1990s it was an amazing team. Um, I don't know why. Um, I think I, th I think we just we we just got some really good people in, and it was really exciting. And you know, I've been freelance now for twenty odd years, and I still miss it because what I do is I sit in if I'm not on the road driving or doing whatever, I'm sitting in this shed doing this, um, and that's fine. But there are times every year, Autocar they, they they do their annual sort of best drivers car thing, which I've, which everybody does, um, and they always invite me along, and I always go along and have a skid and just catch up with the guys, and I spend that day with them, and it's kind of like I go back in time to when I was a cub road tester on Autocar in the late eighties and the early nineties. Yeah, um, and working with a team like that again, it's I mean that is. 
that's kind of the most fun, isn't it? Because you're yeah. kindred spirits. You're completely united in a common passion for, for what you do. You all realize yeah. how lucky you are to be doing it. Um, and so you all make the most of it. And, and, and that novelty has, has never worn off. And I don't think it ever will now. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely just happened with me as well. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of fun making videos in the middle of the canyons with me and Zach. I mean, look, is there a better gig than having a whole mountain to yourself and your best friend and a couple of cameras and a cup of coffee and, you know, world's your oyster, yeah. right? But at the same yeah. time, you know, I was just, I'm doing a new gig with Haggerty. Do you guys have Haggerty in the UK? Do you got any of the yeah, Haggerty stuff? Yeah, in the UK. Okay, yeah. 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 The insurance I mean, I, I, company I, I, and the I, YouTube channel. Well, he wrote for them too. Oh, you wrote for fucking Haggerty. Excuse me. <laughs> I've done the old thing. thing for Haggerty. Yeah, I'll yeah. Haggerty and show my cars. Le um, leave yeah. that store up. Uh, me as well. I want to leave, and I want to talk about GTO Engineering's 250 that you drove because that looks very yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, working on this Haggerty show I've got coming up, it's literally like all my old friends that I started working with, like the director, the film, the, the film guys. It's like, it's literally all my, it's, and like, it's been the easiest days of work I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Everyone is the same as they were back then, except less annoyed with the world, getting painter. We have permits to close roads and, and everyone's yeah, we, still good we, we haven't job. quite managed that one yet. Permits. Um, oh but I mean, my don't, God. You just, don't, don't, you, don't you just feel blessed to be doing it don't you just feel of all yeah. the ways that, i mean you know i don't know your backstory but of all the different directions any one of our lives could have gone it that you've got to yeah. go and do this um on a daily basis had a reason to get out of bed in the morning other than oh shit i need to earn a living today um no there's there's you know. there's very few better gigs if you can get them you know earning earning a, a real if you want to do the gig and be rich now you have to find some other loopholes and <laughs> ways through you know through, but, but uh and that's cool because the people that want to be rich in the traditional way have to work very very hard and do things other people don't necessarily want to do also but but yeah no it's it's it i haven't ever in 10 12 13 years whatever it's been been like oh fuck this job like ne like never never no. <laughs> you know I, I i i don't think that you and i could ever be in a position where we say that because everybody else would go no fuck you because you don't know how lucky you are um to be able to earn your living this way i know yeah i think i know it's yeah well, but I, I yeah I, I, I mean I, and i know too um and yeah. you know and, and sometimes because we all get tired and we all work hard and you do you know and, and and you know i'm certainly not you know beyond complaining about stuff um and i've got children um and they're very good at saying you don't know how lucky you are and of course i do but sometimes you know whatever i i think uh well i think that it's you know there's there's others i think that it's just that there's other parts of the job that are very real work that are the same kinds of real work that regular office you know people do 10 percent of it is driving the the supercars and the rest of it is figuring out how to pay taxes and whatever you know whatever whatever it is that you know selling advertising whatever it is that's you know small businesses you know have to do and so there's sure. definitely like real real work there but uh but it's still like i mean even on the worst day it's not uh well the worst the worst day you have to make a phone call to somebody that you really don't want to fucking make <laughs> have you ever had to make that phone call that you're willing to that you were willing to discuss on this program uh, <laughs> come back to me with that i'll think about that while we talk about okay. something else I, the phone call that i've had to make uh yeah yeah okay i had to yeah and I, I can tell you now i had to ring up Lance here and tell them that the only 
Delta Integrale in the country evolution uh, was now in a field um, <laughs> with not a single straight panel on it. Uh, thanks entirely to my stupidity. That's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a bad and, one. And, and, and Lancia left the UK shortly after that. Um, and I, I still don't know what part I played in their downfall. But literally, <laughs> it was the first evolution. In, this, was, this was January 92. Uh, it was the first oh evolution God. integrally into the country. And because I was the autocar road test editor, it came to me before anybody else. And so it was snowing. Um, and so I thought integrally, and I was going to go take it to the test track and do all the numbers on it. I didn't even bother to think whether to ring the test track, see whether it would have been open because it wouldn't have been because it was snowing. <laughs> I just wanted to get out of the snow. Um, and I, we, we always took the same route. And there was a bit where you go over a bridge at sort of like 80, 90 miles an hour, which, and it's a curve. There, there's a corner on the bridge. It's a curving bridge. And I can just remember going into Irving Bridge just, that you're hitting at 80, 90 miles an hour. Jesus. Yeah, it's not a big, it's not, it's not a big curve. And, and if you take a line, it's almost flat. You know, it's, it's okay. almost up, but not quite. And what I can remember, my first, the first time I read, this will tell you how quickly it happened. The first time I realized I was in trouble was when I saw my own tire tracks doing this through the snow. I was already pointing backwards. <laughs> um, and then the car went off the road and down a ditch. And because it was a left-hand drive car, um, the B pillar came in and smacked me on the head and broke a few ribs. Oh, wow. And then it, oh. it kind of started rotating down the ditch. Um, and eventually it spat itself back out onto the road again and then went off the other side and ended up in the field. Um, and <sighs> the funny That's thing big. is... Yeah, it was. It was, it, 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 it was, it was a proper oh. off. It was a, it was, it, it, to date, it remains the biggest off I've ever had. I mean, I was kind of okay. I was a bit, you know, I, I, had, I had a bit of concussion and, you know, whatever. But um, that was an off and on and then an off again. Yeah. There's multiple <laughs> offs, ons, and back offs. It was an on, it was an on and off and then an on off. I mean, it was the second time it was on, it really wasn't on for very long. It kind of went straight off again. Um, that would be a fun teaser. Now that I'm thinking about it, it would actually be kind of fun <laughs> if we showed, you know, the road vertically, right? And then the tires yeah. back and forth. Yeah, on, like on, off, on. But I was never, I was never in a, I never had that. You, you know, you get that moment when you, when you're kind of losing control of a car, where you think maybe I've got this. Have I got this? I haven't. Got, yeah. I never had that. I literally went from being completely <laughs> in control to having an accident, and there was no measurable period of time between the two. Um, and crazy, the funny yeah. thing was, is you know, clearly the story got out, um, and and it still comes back to me every so often. Um, and people always say the same thing is that the car was upside down in the field. And in fact, the only panel on the car, literally the only panel which wasn't damaged <laughs> was the roof. Oh, that's yeah, so, that's, yeah. A, that's, so, that's a call. That's and, a that's a rough and, call. And, I, 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 well, yeah. And do you know what they were so nice about it? And that was I'm just glad worse. you weren't hurt. Yeah. Well, that's what they said. Yeah. I would have been the scenes, okay if I <laughs> behind yeah. the scenes, they were like. We were going to be profitable this year by uh, by a factor of one no, Delta Integrale. We, we were going to have a business this year. Um, and and all brutal. they could say was, "Look, are you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Actually, I didn't even know I was hurt at the time because you know because these concussion and ribs and that sort of thing. So I didn't even know I was hurt. Um, and they said, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm absolutely fine." And they went, "Look, I'm really, really sorry. It's probably going to be a fortnight before we can get you another car." And that's all they said. Amazing. And so, then they yeah. exited the country yeah. never to come back. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
How was your review? Yeah. How was your review of the car? Well, enough, they did get us another one. I mean, we did a we did a group test with a Ford Escort RS and a Nissan Sunny GTR. Do you know what the Lancia won? Oh, how about that? How about that? But it would have done anything. I love those cars. Shit. They're fabulous little cars. They're they're a lot of fun. Oh my god! Yeah, so back so. back in the nineties, man, like what what really stood out as like like the real like standout adventure of the nineties where you're like, man, I was there for that. Well, I mean, it was a, it was a lucky time to be about because, you know, if you think when I got into the business, you know, cars were like, you know, Countach's and Testarossa's. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the nineties comes along and suddenly you're into Bugatti's and next year, two twenties and then the McLaren. Yeah. And you know, the, to be an auto car during McLaren F1 time, I mean, that I imagine yeah. is really like, that's the game over. Like, there was a McLaren F1 press car. <gasps> that, that's what that's about. So, I, I, and I think, I mean, we, we did some stupid, stupid stuff. Um, because back then you could, and you can get away with doing really, really dumb stuff. But the McLaren F1 road test, which we actually, because everything was done under the eyes of McLaren, we actually had to be fairly... Um, sensible with that because to this day i've never driven a car that has raised the game as much as that did um yeah well. we remain it remains to be seen whether you know gordon murray's car or the valkyrie or the amg whatever they're calling it um do the same again but things are know, definitely from- getting weird at the at the five million dollar level things are starting to get yeah. really really weird yeah. right to me <laughs> to me it's got a kind of end of days kind of vibe going to it i mean <laughs> I, I, I could sort of I can sort of people think these cars come out and people go, well, that's fine. We're just, we're not going to do that anymore. Um, <laughs> and we'll, and we're all just going to get, we're going to get really, really bored driving our EVs and we'll look back on those cars and think, well, that was that, and this is them and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, but back then, you know, to get in a car that was so unlike anything else that had ever been, ever been created to be the first journalist. I mean, it took us probably 18 months to land that road test. And to this day, there has only ever been one publication which has been able to run a full set of numbers on the car. And the numbers that McLaren quote for the F1 are the numbers we recorded that day. Um, and, 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 and the privilege of that, but also add into it, it was May the 2nd, 1994. On May the 1st, 1994, Ayrton Senna got killed. So Shit. we, yeah. So we didn't even know they were going to turn up. No pressure. You know, Gordon Murray... <laughs> You know, the guy who designed um, or led the team that designed, you know, Ayrton's championship winning McLaren also designed the F1. Was he going to be there? Jonathan Palmer, who'd done all the development driving, who, and Ayrton was his absolute hero. Was he going to be? We didn't even know it was going to happen. We were all, because Ayrton was, frankly, the only hero any of us ever had. um, We were all, you know, pretty upset about stuff. And then we turned up and they were all there and they were so professional about it. but it was, it made what was, you know, always going to be an unbelievably exciting day, just made it really strange because this was yeah. the big thing that, you know, nobody talked about it. We all went, you're okay. Yeah, fine, fine, fine. All right, let's get on and do this job. Um, and yeah, so much was stuff. Was Senna at all involved in the development of the F1 at no, all? Did no. he do any, t- he didn't, right? He didn't um, do any testing no, not, or anything not, like not, that, right? Not yeah. that I'm aware of. No, it would have been. It's interesting. No, I, I've never heard that story. I mean, people always talk about him being involved with the development of the NSX. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think he drove it for like a day at Suzuki. I think that's based on the one heel toe video, though. The, that heel toe yeah, video exactly. is the jam. Yeah. I mean, I'll that's fuck good. with that. Yeah. The white socks yeah. and the loafers. Yeah, like, I'll great fuck with that. shoes. The loafers. <laughs> it's all about the loafers. Yeah. There is a um, connection. And I I even used the line because I just forgot to drive the roof yellow bird, which, oh, that's, you know, oh, goddamn, shit. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, but, there's something about videos of guys driving like fucking maniacs in loafers that really uh, sustain <laughs> sustains generationally, right? Yeah. You know that uh, uh, the dude on the the, the fascination der Nür uh, Nürburgring or whatever the fuck. Stefan Rosa. Yeah, loafers. Yeah. No, no safety loafers. gear. Loafers. <laughs> so like, like a retired football player. He's 45. He's wearing a suit and he's like at a college game. And yeah. He's like, oh, let's try and do the 40 together. Yeah. And he dusts some <laughs> college kid. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, there's like this casualness yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool, cool, isn't it? I mean, it's, the, it's, uh, it's the ultimate. I'm not only doing this, but I'm not trying. It was, yeah. of course. Yeah. But I mean, that F1, though. What was it like the first time you got in that being having no one's ever driven this thing and you get in yeah. it and set off and you go, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I mean, it was like that, but it was it, it was that plus I can't show McLaren. This is how I'm feeling, because to me, I'm the, I'm the Gimlet eyed road test editor. OK, nothing's going to impress me. And at the end of it, I'm just sitting there going, fuck, you know, you, I just couldn't hide it. I mean, the smile on your face. I mean, it wasn't well, what it did was unbelievable, but the way it did it. That noise, um, the packaging of the car, the center, you, know, you, you don't realize until you get an F1 that every other car you've driven is fundamentally wrong in its design because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true. But depending on whether it's a left or right hand corner, you're a different distance from the apex. Uh -huh. And then you get in the F1, and then suddenly that problem, which you never knew you had, goes away. And suddenly, I had it with the speed tail as well when I drove that, and I just suddenly had a feeling about it again. And I thought, I thought, yeah, of course, this is how it should be. And it was, I did 200 miles an hour for the first time in my life that day. If I did 211. In the, in the F1 or the speed tail? In the, no, in the F1. Yeah, in the oh, 1994, yeah. in the F1. Yeah, yeah. so, so we, 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 we had a, a, you know, a two-mile um, runway. Um, and, you know, that pro I probably raised my personal maximum by about 25 miles an hour. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it, and then, and then I drove it from where we were, which is kind of like in the Midlands, up to the North Yorkshire Moors, where we're going to do the photo shoot. So we've done all the numbers, and then we need to do the, the photographs. And I was alone in the car. It probably took about three hours to get there. Um, and I, got, I kind of got out of it a slightly changed person, because I kind of, I, you know, that was the journey in which I realized you couldn't just be a dick with this stuff, because if you were, it would kill you. Um, and that's, driving it fast was actually more a matter of restraint than being yeehaw and exuberant around it because the thing was just, it was just so, I can just remember, I can remember, you know, you come out of any corner onto any straight, you look down and it would be doing 140. That's just kind of like the speed it would just go to like that. Um, and, you know, I just was so far beyond anything. Um, and I was, I was so lucky. So in 19, so 25 years on, I went back, to the same runway with the same car, literally the same car, which is there. Like uh, XP the four or five. Yeah. Five. XP, right? XP yeah. five. XP five. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, they dug it out of storage for us. Um, we insured it for 10,000 pounds for the day. One day, 10,000 um, pounds. 
Um, you know, actually, and, not to brag, but I'll one up you. The yellow bird I drove two weeks ago was twenty thousand U.S. dollars for a wow. single day. Premium. For a single day. <laughs> That's fantastic. I was. He told me this. I was like, "You have got to be shitting." Me. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, we're sponsored by an insurance company. <laughs> it's okay. So go on. Yeah. So you. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. And, and we got and and it was the same car. And we had a P1 there, and we had a Senna there, um, and we oh, had no, a we had a 720 S there as well. Yeah. And is the are the are the P1 and the Senna. Anything at all once you have another go in the F1? I, I would say probably not. No, they are something. Um, you are, you, I'll tell you what, you're, you, you are very aware of the F1's deficiencies. Okay, in some areas, mm. the powertrain, yeah, um, there's, there's, there's scarcely a thing that's ever been built with a powertrain to match that of the F1. That BMW V12 was, and however much power, you know, the P1 or the Sema has, in terms of that sense of occasion, um, yeah, the, the F1 wipes the floor with them. But mm -hmm. you do realize just how soft and roly-poly it is. You know, you don't want to mess with an F1 on the limit. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who've had a lot of big accidents in F1s, whereas, you know, the P1 is pretty good and the center is just easy it's easy yeah. to skid a center about which i know sounds yeah. stupid but it is you know you can drive a center and you can go to, if you're on a closed facility you can go to a place in the center that you just couldn't go in an f1 because you'd just be too frightened or in my case not good enough um, right because there's just the car is just not set up to be driven that way and so you know there are things that a center on a p1 can do which an f1 can't do um but okay ask me if i could do one more lap yeah, I would be I would be in those doors and back in that center seat um in a in a heartbeat. Um now here's the question. Yeah, the Does yeah, the F1 did you drive it later with a with what, what you would call a modern tire? Did it have like a, a PS4S on it now? So you had old tires on it. Oh, yeah, it, it does now. It does. I can't remember what they've got on it now, but it's not the old so so the old tires were uh, I think they were Goodyear Eagles. Um, yeah, terrible tires. Um, of course, and it, it and it and it is on a more modern tire, but it's not like it's on a like a Cup Two R. It's not like it's okay. on a proper tire because right. it's still a three fifteen section at the back on a seventeen inch rim. Right. You know where are you going to get where are you going to get one of those from? Um, so <laughs> same thing I, with I, that I, yellow I guess, bird. The yellow bird had Cup Twos on it. So now you're talking about from '87, whatever that thing was fucking working with. Now it's working with Cup Twos. You're lucky. You're lucky you don't shear the spokes of the wheels off. So you know. yeah, so I mean, eighty-seven. What we do have back then? You would have had, you would have had something like a P zero P zero P zero. Yeah, yeah. And that car, yeah, so, the Yellow Bird, did an eleven six quarter mile at one thirty six in nineteen eighty seven <laughs> with a dogleg so, first gear. I think that's kind of. <laughs> I think that's McLaren F one kind of kind of territory. I think it's, that's about what the F one did. <laughs> Yeah. fucking fast yeah um, um god I'm, I'm very jealous oh zach's got a picture of xp5 up that is a sexy car is it black oh, or is great. it like purple it's like a green it's green oh it's green yeah, it's, it's a really oh. really dark I'm, I'm colorblind so i couldn't really tell you mclaren um, still own that car yeah do yeah yeah and and and, and 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 it having been in storage for years and years and years um they got it up and running again for us um and and the, and the best thing was um they were so cool about it. I mean, okay, I didn't drive it quite as fast two years ago as in 1994, but we weren't far off. I mean, we were doing 
170, 180 miles an hour in this car down the runway. We were hoofing about. We were chasing it with the Senna and the P1. You know, they, they they weren't saying, oh, fine, you can drive this car, but you can't do more than 30 miles an hour in it. They, they And they were there. They were on site all day. And we were we were driving it pretty much like anything else. And they were completely... Oh, there's a, yeah, we got a photo right next to the Senna and the P1 right up at the top there. So yeah, the okay, Senna's that, red, that, right? The, yeah, it would have been. And the P1 yeah. is... Yeah. Uh, wet, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that would have been, been that day. Oh, man, it's so when you look at it next to the other two, it is so tastefully restrained. (laughs) Yeah, it's so small. (laughs) Yeah, despite the despite the fact that, you know, you can put three people in it and luggage. It's 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 a really, really clever car. I drove one once for five minutes and it was like around the block as a, as a, a little present from somebody. And it, even that yeah. little drive, I could understand how special the thing was. Uh, Leno brings his to cars and coffee a lot. He's got a lot of miles on his and he brings it out a bunch and he drives it. And uh, it's always a fun treat to see it out and about. Um, uh-huh. But Zach had it pulled up before and I want to talk to you because you drove it for Haggerty uh, GTO engineering's uh, 250 GT recreation. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on these continuations and factory continuations and recreations like this in general? Yeah, they're interesting, aren't they? Because they're really divisive. Um, you know, when I when I read about that um, on the intercooler, um, some people said, you know, just think of the proper car because this is like a in the US, it's probably a million dollar car. Um, the, re- so the recreation. None, the recreation. Or, yeah. Yeah. The recreation is a million yeah, dollars. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, so but if you want a real one, that'd be a ten million dollar car. Right. So it's yes. like a tenth the price of the, of of the car it it is in terms of its mechanical specification. But then again, if you think you know I've got a million dollars to go and spend on something, why would you spend it on something which is not what it purports to be? You know. So what right. they do is they don't even need you to provide a donor car. They need the identity of something. Um, so as long as they've got the VIN number from a car, so what they really like are, you know, cars that have been in fires or whatever, so completely destroyed, but they have an identity. Uh-huh. So you take, so you, so, so you buy a worthless wreck and you say, here's my worthless wreck. They throw the wreck away, nick its identity, and then create you a brand new car, which is a short wheel. In, in every single respect, it is a short wheelbase. I mean, the FIA will give you papers to go and race it, um, saying that it is original in every, in, in every regard. And... I mean, I, I, I'm kind of a libertarian. I say, you know, if that floats your boat, then great. Um, you know, if, if you can, you know, go out and, and, and as a thing to drive, um, you know, I'd, I'd be very lucky. I've driven a real short wheelbase and they're, they're the same. In fact, the one I drove, that's got a, they, they do a choice. You can have a three litre engine, which is what they always had, or you can have a three and a half or a four. Uh, and the one I oh, drove, wow. a three and a half litre engine. Yeah. So, it, it so is, that like what, is that what like a GTO would have? Something like that? Or something. It would have. It has like like G like just bunch more power, pretty much, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So no, GTO GTOs had threes and fours. So yeah. So instead of having, uh, what would it have? It would have about two hundred eighty horsepower with a three liter. This probably had about three hundred and thirty. So not a huge amount, oh, okay. but it's got a bit more torque in the mid range. But it's still it's still exactly the same. It's still a beautiful single cam V twelve, um, and it was just it was just. I think that there's going to be an awful lot of people who are thinking to themselves, am I going to go and spend, am I going to continue to play the the modern hypercar game? Am I going to go and buy the next hypercar because I'm too frightened if I don't to drop off the list. So I get, I get offered the one after that, which might be the one that I really want. Yeah. Cause that's what, that's, that's what happens. It's all about staying on the list, isn't it? If you're with those really, really and st- fear. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and maybe, 
guys will suddenly think, well, actually, for the same money, I'm not going to go and play that game anymore. I'm going to go and buy something with performance I can understand, which is beautiful, which I can drive. I can drive on the limit and it's not going to scare me. Every time I look at it, I'm just going to go, wow. Um, and, you know, and it's compact and you can enjoy it at speeds where you don't need a racetrack or you can get, and, you know, there's a lot to be said for them. Um, and I just loved it. I just absolutely loved it. Um, you know, I understand why, I mean, I don't know if you've heard that, um, for instance, Jaguar are getting very legal on people um, making recreated mm-hmm. C-types yeah. and that sort of thing at the moment. Um, and everybody um, is starting to think about Is that because they want to do it or because they're genuinely concerned about the history? No, well, the, well they are doing it. Um, yeah, they that's are, what I'm saying. The, Aren't they doing the yeah, lightweight the, E-types and the whole thing? Well, they, 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 they've, they've done that, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, fr- and frankly, they charge more for theirs than <laughs> others do. Um, that's the, and they, well, they, here we go. Now we know the hustle, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, but but they but they but they would say, yeah, we 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 do that because you know when you buy it from us, you're buying a Jaguar, and you can't right. deny that. Whereas you buy yeah buy from anybody else, whatever it is, however good it is, however indistinguishable it is, it's not a Jaguar because it wasn't made by Jaguar. So I guess they would they would play the authenticity card, wouldn't they? So you know, I'm sure that's why they're doing it because they just see this as a big business area, and you know they don't want um, you know others taken it away from them despite the fact that others have already been have been doing it for decades and Jaguar have never complained until now so you know it's a kind of a difficult sell for them in PR terms because they're always exposed to you know why are you making a fuss about this now it's not you standing principle it's just because you want a slice of this action for yourself um, yeah, because so for the past couple of decades the market wasn't as interested in replicas or they would or they would call them exactly I think that's exactly I think yeah exactly right I think they see this to be a big growth area um, because, you know, if I'm honest with you, I've got a good idea what these cars cost to make. Um, and you can make, I mean, the profit margin on these cars is just enormous. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go to, I don't know, you, I reckon that for about $200,000, you could go and get someone to build you an amazing type probably a C-type <laughs> that is as good as anything that Jaguar built in the 1950s. Now, I can't remember what, Jaguar will charge you for that, but it's like many times that amount of money. So, you know, I can see that there is a lot of money to be made from it. I can see, mm-hmm. uh, I can see, I can see it from Jaguar's point of view, you know, if somebody started, you know, publishing my words under their name, I'd be pissed off. I want them to stop. Yeah. 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 Um, so I can, I can see, I can absolutely see both sides of it. Um, you know, I'd just like everybody else, you know, live together and, and, and find amicable ways of doing this, but that doesn't seem possible at the moment. But Zach's absolutely right. It's because it's such a big growth area. I think they can yeah. see that this is the way the world is going. Um, and I understand why. I, I wonder if it's, it's well, I wonder if the, the way the world is going, you know, we really, if you're looking at the seven-figure car level, it's a lot of the same it's like the same thousand people around the world are buying all of this stuff. It's not either or it's and, 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 and so, but, but it seems like the middle is really getting chewed out. You know, there's fewer and fewer um, relatively affordable, you know, fun enthusiast cars. Uh, Whereas there are more 600 horsepower mid engine, you know, uh, mass produced supercars than ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's a, little, it's a little frustrating, right? But I, yeah, I do but, like but, but the, the idea the, that... Yeah, go ahead. The, the, the problem is, I mean, I guess the kind of cars that you are talking about are things like 
you know, um, Porsche Caymans or the Alpine. Do you get the Alpine A110 over there? No, it's a tragedy. We don't. No, we should. Oh, shit, guys. (laughs) I know. Fucking uncivilized. Yeah, but the problem is, is that, you know, if you ask Porsche, they'll tell you that the car, their least profitable car is is a Cayman. Um, and you know, and, and Alpine, although you know, people like me drive these things and we just think they're fabulous, they're not selling very many of them. You know, these aren't big winners out there in the in the world. And I think that guys like you and me who just love cars simply for what they're like to drive. I don't care what a car says about me. I I, I really have no interest in whatever image I think it might be projecting of me. I just want to know what it's like to drive. Um, but we're a really, really tiny minority of people. Um, yeah. And and they can't make cars for us because there aren't enough of us around. They have to make cars for people. And, and it's the same reason cars keep on going and get, getting more and more powerful, because you can't turn up in the car that was less powerful than the one before. Yeah. And as what I was saying about, you know, about McLaren and why they have to play the power game, even though secretly they don't really want to, because, you know, if they had a car that you know, weigh you know, 1,500 kilos and have 1,000 horsepower. The next one weighed 1,200 kilos and 750 horsepower. Maybe it would have a better powder weight ratio, but they wouldn't be able to sell it. Yeah, Because yeah. people will go, well, hang on, it's less. Therefore, it's yeah. going to be worse. Well, it's not, um, it, it leads to also in the mainstream market, the total detachment of uh, from uh, with badges from reality, right? Now, you know, all of a sudden, Mercedes is 63 models are actually four liter twin turbos, but nobody, you know, nobody wants, you don't want, you can't yeah. badge down. And you can never and, badge and down. And, and their 45s are two liter. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's Porsche's market, running out of it? chassis codes. They're up in the high 990s. They're going to be fucked soon. <laughs> yeah. What are they going to do? They're going to have to go around again, aren't they? And they are. They're going to have to go right back to zero. <laughs> Oh my God. That's fucking good. Um, what, uh, oh man, what really stands out other, okay. McLaren F1, obviously. Yeah. But from, oh man, he, Zach just pulled up a picture of the Tycon turbo. The Tycon turbo S was one that for me that I can imagine with you, maybe with the McLaren where you drive it and you go, holy shit, this is another thing. This is a thing that is a little different. Yeah, but there's um, a big difference, isn't there, between a car that's really objectively impressive, like a Taycan Turbo S, um, and a car which grabs you by the heart. And Taycan Turbo yeah. S is a great car, don't get me wrong, but I don't love it. Um, I would, I'd, I'd rather, yeah, okay, another thing. Um, you know, those cars, you've probably done a full bore start in a Taycan Turbo S, yeah? Yeah, I don't like it after one. I feel sick. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's the point, <laughs> isn't it? And, and yeah. if you think about it, in terms of the forces on your body, it is like doing a maximum deceleration emergency stop in reverse. Who would <laughs> yeah, ever choose yeah, to do basically, that? Yeah, yeah? Basically. No one would ever wow. do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, impressive. One of the reasons I believe someone with Porsche will ring up and say this is rubbish, but one of the reasons I believe that they were only able to quote a certain, because they did, they were very about people saying, oh yeah, you might be able to do these amazing times once, but you can't repeat them. So they did a repeatability test. They did maximum full ball starts and they, they, they got to a certain number of times and we did not do a hundred miles an hour, whatever it was, 12 times or whatever. I believe the reason that they stopped doing that is got nothing to do with the car and everything. The driver. The stomach of the driver. And the driver just go, I can't do it. hundred percent. hundred percent. This is, it's not nice. It's, I did it. Uh, <laughs> it's not. I did it twice in a row for camera. It yeah. was horrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, but it's not. But it's not just you know um, you know 150 grand um, Taycan Turbo. You know if you get a 
I don't know, a Tesla Model 3 with the, you know, um, with the four-wheel drive and everything else. Even that, when you just go, because of the way they, develop, they because of the way they, they don't build, they go from nothing to everything like that. It's not a pleasant experience. And no, I can it's a, admire it's a, it's it. It's a make your friends shit your pants, yeah. shit their yeah. pants once. And this and... is what makes me think about things like, you know, the Pinaferina Batista and the Lotus of Vire. These 2,000, can you, what's a 2,000 horsepower car going to be like? Right. <laughs> no, you know, people, are gonna, that, people are going to send them off of cliffs. <laughs> I reckon the owners are going to put their foot down in those cars once. And they're going to do it and they're going to think, well, that was really interesting and I'm never going to do it again. Because You know, just, that's what the Bugatti guy told me. The, uh, uh, Jamie Morrow, you know, uh, I drove yeah, a Chiron, yeah. Chiron Sport and it comes with a chaperone, you know, as you do. Of course. And that's, that's okay. Beg beggars can't be choosers. I was, I'll fuck with it. And he was cool as hell. And he was telling me crazy stories. And he said it used to be with Lamborghini. And he said when he would go out with these prospective Lamborghini customers, they were so full of testosterone at that level that he yeah. was like terrified every time he went out. He said, with the Bugatti, these guys are much more secure in themselves and their money and their manhood. They put their foot down once to see what it feels like, and then they just cruise around and they write the check, and that's about it. <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah. it's quiet. My, my wife will like this. Okay. And then they write the check. Uh, I had this thing, which I'm kind of banging on a bit about at the moment, which I call peak car. And I think we passed peak car about 10 years ago. Because... Mm. What are you getting from that extra acceleration? You're actually getting un an uncomfortable experience. It's not, a, it's not a nice thing to do. What are you getting from all that extra grip? What you're doing is you are putting your car beyond the environment it usually finds itself in. So you've got to go right. somewhere before you can enjoy it. Right. What is, you know, and, and cars are getting heavier. Cars are getting wider. What is all this doing for you in terms of what the car is like to drive? It's making the cars worse. Um, and if you think about... I'm just trying to think of a car. Okay, so one of my favorite. We just had the new M4. You're describing the new M4. There's nothing about the new M4 that is really an improvement over previous ones. You're, you're it's just so bigger right. and okay, more I, 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 I've only driven an M3. Same. It's the same shit. Yeah, but it's, but it's, the, it's, it's the same car. I got out of it thinking exactly that. What is this getting you? What do you you know? And actually, it's so much heavier. It's like. Oh, uh, you, you're in pounds, aren't you? I can only thirty-eight hundred pounds in fucking US. It's it's so heavy. Yeah. yeah, but it's 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 like the thick end of three hundred pounds heavier than the last one. Yeah. So you think yeah. to yourself, well, it's got another, it's got another fifty something horsepower. You do the math and you look at the power to weight ratio. They are so little difference that when you actually go back and look at it, you realize there's like one tenth in it from not to you know 100 k's or whatever yeah yeah um and that's why and what you're getting is you're getting a bigger car you're getting a wider car you're getting a car which is less communicative um but then again it's not for you and me it's for people who just want to yeah. clear stuff out of the fast lane you go wow <laughs> yeah you know uh, yeah yeah and tell people that tell people they've got a 500 horsepower car yeah and that's you know what i really like about my older cars is i can run a, a line you know, like almost like a racing line within a lane. I can move a little bit yeah. in exactly. a lane. Exactly. It's, it really yeah. started for me with the 992 Porsche where I went, oh my God, I don't have a lane anymore. I have one place in this lane that I can put my tires. I, if I move this way, I'm on this line. If I move this way, yeah. I'm on this line. And I have an inch on either side. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. Yeah. I think ten, like 10 years ago, like 2010 was about I have a thing about the, the 997 second generation 997 gt3 rs so that was 450 horsepower and that to me that is 
I think that's probably Pete Carr. I think that is, I mean, I, okay, four liter if you can do it, yeah. But you know, do you know what? I'll settle for a three eight. Um, I, I, I had a run around Scotland in um, Porsche GB have one. That's a very famous car. Um, certainly in the UK press. Oh, the one they still have, right? Yeah, yeah, the one they still have. And yeah, actually, when oh, I can't remember, it was, it was a couple of years ago. Um, and I, I thought of some ridiculous excuse. Anyway, I ended up in this thing in Scotland, and I drove it across the Highlands and these amazing roads. And despite all the really, really fast, powerful shit that I've driven since, I never sat there for a moment thinking, oh, I wish this thing had more power. I wish this thing yeah. had more grip. I wish this thing had better brakes. I'd give it all up for a car with that feel, that delicacy, that sense of you know communication, that sense that you get of being at one with the car, which is all the actually really important stuff that we're losing. I'd give yeah. it up. I don't need it. And then you were losing it at the at the the cost of losing it is speed that outside of a couple of select places, you really can't use yeah. and yeah. it doesn't really help. And, and yeah. Uh, and, and it's just, it's just, it's just the next, you know, thing to brag about really. Yeah, exactly. Which is unfortunate. And, and, and the car manufacturers love it because it's so much easier, isn't it? To add weight and to add power than to actually do a clever car. Um, because you know, <laughs> yeah, to, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, instead of being three hundred pounds heavier, three hundred pounds lighter. Can you ma- can you imagine what we'd be saying about that car if it was three hundred pounds lighter rather than three hundred pounds heavy? We'd just be going, "Wow, well done, guys! You figured it yeah, out, right?" You know, almost no one did. You. you know, Mazda did with Toyota. They were able to take weight out, which is a huge deal. Yeah, yeah Mazda is the NC, only car that can, the only, only company that does it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and and look at the look at the Miata. You know, that car that is a car that is so good. Then in 30 years, no one's come after it. Usually somebody comes up with a good idea and all the other manufacturers pile in. And what do we have? We had like that last Toyota MR2 and the Fiat Barchetta and that sort of But there's, you know, nothing, you know, that car has been without a sustained credible rival for its entire life because it's so good. And why is it so good? It's because it's, it's conceived for proper engineering reasons by people who get driving. Right. Yeah, I totally I'm gonna, agree. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. No, no, you're 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 right. I mean that that car and that that car. I think. I mean, even though it's a smaller volume car, I think that car proves that for those types of products, the sticking to your core is is very is a successful way to do business. I think. I hope. I wish that that Porsche would start making a smaller car. What's there's there's the it, they're starting to put very big engines into Caymans here, and those are really good. <laughs> <laughs> I have something coming out with a four and a half liter engine swap into a Cayman GT4. And oh, wow. it it makes 580 horsepower, naturally aspirated at 8,700 RPM. I was going to say, I was going to ask fucking, what it, it risked. And it's in a Cayman. <laughs> wow. That's coming out on my Haggerty show. It is delightful. And who, who who's created this thing? There's a company in uh, New York called Demand Motorsport. Uh, Rick okay. Demand. This guy's been building race cars for a really long time, and race parts and and doing go fast shit. And he has developed a thirty thousand dollar drop in four and a half liter crate engine for the Cayman GT4. It is the it's the only good value in all of Porsche world. If you can believe that every other horsepower you would ever try to gain from a naturally aspirated Porsche will cost you $10,000. So, but, but that's because people try to do it one at a time and it's crazy. So you just drop in the motor, you write the fucking check, and then you're just yeah. walking away from GT3s. It's the jam. 
I have a whole yeah. video coming but, out. It's, it's beautiful, this thing. Screams. But I mean, every, everything inside that engine's got to be new, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's going to have a new crank, rods, pistons, yeah. heads, the lot. Everything. But he, but it's but it, but he's he's delivered like thirty five of these things. He's got Caymans he lined up outside his shop. Yeah, he'll ship you one. He'll crate one up and ship it over there for you. Drop it in. Yeah. Do you know it's I'd have a, it in a, a GTS? I, I, I'd have it in a GTS. Yeah. Because I just want it to be. I'd have it in a GTS, just completely stealth. Sleeper. Nice sort of dark, dark gray GTS with a yeah, black cool. leather interior and just yeah, that would just. No. Be, yeah. They'll build you a sleeper. Write the check. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome man yeah. do you have uh do you have stuff uh do you have stuff coming up that you're really excited about what's on the docket well there's a gt3 but i don't know when that's coming um yeah um i mean we probably spent too much time talking mclarens anyway but the arturo is going to be that's going to be really interesting to see what i mean i kind of hope that we might get to drive one of these crazy hypercars this year i mean i get a silverstone a bit to do stuff and uh, and aston martin have a little facility there with a little test track and i just see the valkyrie every time i go there the valkyrie is always just sort of going around doing shit um so i mean it's clearly still happening um, yeah, and you know, and, and although you know, we, we've been kind of slightly dismissive of you know these hype. I mean, I think it's something that is designed by Adrian Newey um, and Red Bull, uh, and to the specification, that's going to be. I mean, that 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 is going to be something else. So um, you know, maybe this year we'll get in that. Um, but you know, we're not going anywhere at the moment. I mean, that's why that's why I didn't get in the Elva. Um, you know, I know you guys got it in the US, and some and some um, guys in Europe got in it. But you know, we got rung up and they said. Come and drive it. It's in it's in Monaco, um, but you'll just have to quarantine for a fortnight when you get home. <laughs> you know, helpful, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a freelance I'm, I'm a freelance journalist. I can't. You know, my world doesn't work that way. So, um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's the, the, the the honest answer to the question is for the first time in the, whatever how many years it's been here. There's just not quite enough coming up. Um, but what I'm hoping is that once there is, there's going to be an, there's going to be an avalanche. Yeah, of really cool shit to go and drive. Let's uh, take me through. Uh, take me through some highlights of the Frankel personal uh, vehicle. What's in the shed right now? Okay, so I've been through my phase of trying to have nice cars. Okay, <laughs> and, if you have, and, 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 and if you have nice cars, what happens is because you do what I do for a living. What you do for a living is they don't get grid driven. So they sit in your shed, and their role in your life becomes one simply of making you feel guilty about owning them. And thinking of all the guys who could be having so much fun in these cars. So, you know, I had a, what did I, I mean, you know, in the past, I've had a, I had a, a 993 Carrera RS. Beautiful. Lovely car. car. Yeah. Beautiful car. Yeah. I'm not even going to tell you what I sold that for. Um, <laughs> not, not much. Um, I had a, I had a. Did you sell it eight years too early? Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the bloke who owns it still gets in touch with me occasionally and just, I still got it, still enjoying it. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I <laughs> Here's what it'll cost it to get it back. <laughs> I reckon I, I I reckon I sold it for about a fifth of what it's worth today. Oh, um, that sucks. Yeah. And I had a I had a late 1950s Aston Martin, which I was very fond of, and I had a couple of vintage things and that sort of thing. But what I've realised is the only cars I actually use of my own are cars for going to the pub. So I've got the yeah. two C. Yeah. Yeah. Slow and shit is my motto. Yeah. So yeah. if it's slow and shit, I'll have it. So I've got a 1965 Fiat 500 with okay. suicide doors. Yeah. I've uh -huh. got. I've got the Series 3 Land Rover I passed my driving test in 1982 because, um, well, you, you've kind of seen the area where we live. Uh, if you live around here, it, it kind of helps to have a car like that. Um, yeah. I did yesterday. I bought a Caterham. Yesterday? Um, Congratulations. Yeah. 
Is Thank it up you. at the top of your Instagram? Is it new? No, no new. No, I'm told anybody about it. You're, no. literally, you're literally the first person I told about it. Breaking because, news. If, in fact, technically, I bought it today. I kind of, I made the decision my, in, in my head last night. But I, yeah, so this is a. Is it a very slow um, one or a very fast one? Very slow. Really slow. <laughs> it's old? a ninety. I mean, it, uh, it's ninety-eight. Um, but it's got the old Ford um, Crossflow seven hundred. Oh yeah. So it's got like hundred and thirty-five horsepower. Okay. Um, and it's going to be a pub car. I'm just going to bimble about Wales in it, and it's just going to be. It's just going to amuse me, and it's it's just it's just light and simple and easy. And if it goes wrong, it's not going to cost me a fortune, and I'm not going to have to worry about it. And I just love cars that fit your life and they work. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it at the moment because I've just got so much other stuff that my life requires me. You know, you know because in, in addition to all the kind of interesting stuff that I get to drive for the intercooler or whatever, um, I also sit on one of these car of the year Jerry things, which means I've also got to got to go and drive everything else that comes out. Yeah. Um, so Do you I'm get just, multiple you know, just... press cars at a time? Are you sitting on yeah, like sometimes. three press cars right now? Yeah, I'm sitting on two, I'm sitting on two at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm sitting on an e, E63 S Mercedes and a Golf R. Um, oh, but, the but new Golf R. The new Golf R. Yeah. Oh, Don't ask me what it's like because it only turned up. Yeah, but it only turned up this afternoon. And I haven't driven it. I didn't like the GTI okay. though. Uh, I we haven't we haven't gotten Mark Eights in, in in the states yet at all. You're a couple months oh, okay. ahead of us on that. So uh, um, okay, okay. So we're still we're still lingering about Mark Sevens, but uh, it looks nice in pictures. Yeah, I don't think it looks as good. Um, the, 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 the the GTI is they've kind of GTI has always been a car, literally through its history, back into the seventies. It's been the hot hatchback that's been prepared to do the other thing. So while others have gone you know, harder and faster. And the Golf GTI has been always been the kind of thing where they think, okay, it's going to be good to drive, but it's going to be even greater to own. It's going to be a really yeah. good, easy car to live with. And the Mark 8 Golf GTI is the one where Volkswagen have gone, no, instead of leading and doing our own thing, we're going to follow it. So we're going to try and oh. make it a bit, we're going to go a bit down the Civic type R road with it. So we're going to, we're going to spoil the ride. Um, we're going to make it a bit aggressive. Um, and the result of it is a car which still isn't as much fun to drive as, as, as a Civic Type R, but it doesn't do those things that you really want a Golf GTI to do because they've decided to follow rather than lead. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because the GTI is about the light controls, right? It's about yeah. eff- everything's kind of effortless and it's very yeah, smooth. Yeah, it's, it's just right? a very easy way and just a, you know, it's just a brilliantly easy car to live with, which is, you know, which is more than enough fun for most people most of the time. Um People have driven the Golf R say it's it's better, and I'm and I'm generally I'm a big Golf R fan, so we will see. But um, I don't know. I have to wait and see. Cool. We just had that limited edition Civic Type R, the one that they're just they oh, the, the, it yellow, the, the, the lightweight one. Yeah, the lightweight yeah. one. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's very good. It's Civic Type R. You know, it's Civic Type R. Yeah, a little less weight, a little more, a little more engaging, and uh, you know, it's a great, great little car. It is. Uh, do, do, do you guys get the GR Yaris over there? Fucking no, no, no. Oh. bullshit! I know bullshit. everybody. Yeah. Everybody is. Everyone's oh, you must talking be so about it. We don't get them banging go. on about it. I am. You must I'm, be all so my bold. British motoring journalist people need to shut the fuck up about this thing already. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I mean, we hope so, but you know, Toyota in the states has not really figured out what they're doing uh, with sports cars for this decade. I mean. The Supras are just not great. No. You know, anything that they, anything they're building over here, that's, they don't have an authentically Toyota anything. There's nothing that says Toyota performance uh, here, uh, which is unfortunate. So they don't, they're yeah. kind of like lost in the woods. Maybe they'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. 
it's okay. The the, the uh... oh, there you are. Come back. Yeah, I'm back ah. again. Yeah, this is this is what happens. So, so anybody watching this, I live in I live on the border between Wales and England in a shed. Um, and this is what passes for Wi-Fi in this part of the world. And basically what happens is it's got, every 45 minutes, it's got to like sort of pause for breath and think again and boot itself up again. So that's what's beginning. I think I just said the GIRS was shit. Of course, I was lying. I was just trying to make you feel slightly better about not having it over there. No, um, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, Harris used it's to amazing. tell me that he would drive 45 minutes to town to upload a video, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, well, no, exactly. No, and, and, and do you know what? That is literally true. He would, he would I, have to drive from where we are to Bristol just so we could upload a video. Yeah. I mean, I I think where you live is very beautiful and I can really appreciate yeah, it is. A, the peacefulness of it and B, the roads you have yeah. out your door. Yeah. But that is fucking yeah. annoying. <laughs> I like you guys, you and Chris can't go have these on like a satellite uplink or something. Like you guys yeah, can't. If there, if, if there was a way we would have found it. Um, I mean, but, unbelievable. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the other thing is we, we we have a government who's always saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. We're all going to be fiber optic and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And so we kind of wait. And um, yeah, I've been, we've been waiting a while now, but um, yeah, one day maybe. I feel you. I feel you. Um, do you do do you do you fuck with tuner cars at all? Did you ever get into the modified car scene or ever really interested in it? I'm going to shock you now. I, I if I come across one of those, my gut instinct is to kind of retro engineer it back to where it was. Um, I had a I had a Peugeot 205 GTR which somebody had warmed up a bit um, and I spent quite a long time getting it back to getting it back to start. I mean, back in the early days, back in the days when um, you know turbocharging was quite new and there were a lot of tuning companies doing turbocharged versions of this with sort of variable boost and that sort of thing. That was all kind of quite fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, some people do it better than others um but i don't think you're talking about things like alpinas and you know um sort of top end no i was more asking i meant just as in your in your job you know if you got down with like the litchfield stuff or you know um uh, who's who's uh manti is it manti who's doing the gt yeah okay uh, okay fine so like okay, those so like manti. the more the more the more production level uh yeah. tuner okay car so, stuff. so yeah so, so so litchfield's amazing stuff um and I drove a Manti GT3 RS um, at Silverstone the, uh, last year. Um, and that was, I mean, it's a lot of money. And it's only for a certain sort of person, because if you're not going to drive it on the limit, there's no point having all the, all the upgrades. But when you got to that bit beyond what a normal GT3 RS can do and into that little area where you're in the kind of Manti zone, wow. Because mm. what it did is it just made the car easy, easier to drive. And when you're in cars like that and you're driving them like that, what actually matters, what makes you go faster and what makes you have more fun is confidence. Yeah. And the way they made that car quicker and better is actually just by making it easier to drive. Yeah. And so, you know, a, a normal GT3 RS uh, on a track. And I, I quite like this in a car. I don't expect, you know, cars to sort of like roll over and play dead. I like cars which are a bit of a challenge. Um, but you have to think of those cars. And the, but the Manti car... You just go because it just gives you such complete confidence. Um, mm. It's a really, really clever thing. So, yeah, but then, you know, I think about Antai and, you know, they're 51% owned by Porsche now, aren't they? So it's kind of, you know, are right. they a tuning company? Are they, you know, are they just like another, you know, another rung up the, up, up the, you know, the kind of the, uh, the official ladder. But um, I haven't really come across too many others in, in the course of my working life. I think it's just because there's so much kind of normal stuff that I struggle to get through that. Um. Real quick, what is the status of like EV adoption 
in the UK. What is the what does the EV landscape look like over there? I feel like we're in this LA bubble and and especially, you know, being in the a member of the media with who I follow on Twitter and and whatnot, especially in California, I feel like we do not have a realistic look at the EV landscape in the rest of the world. So what does it look like over there? Well, if you're talking about pure EVs, um you know, there's an awful lot of heat and not very much light. So people are making a lot of noise about EVs. Um, you know, all the magazines are talking about EVs. If you actually look at the numbers in terms of the proportion of cars that are sold which which are EV, um, you know, it's still very, very small. I mean, it's, you know, they are showing you know, the greatest percentage increases, but they're starting from such a low level. Um, right. They are still, you know, um, very- 100% increase from 1% to 2%. Well, <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and partly the reason for that is we have such a shit infrastructure in this country. Um, unless you drive a Tesla and you can get into the superchargers, um, you know, it's such a painful operation because, you know, yeah, the service station have charging points, but they charge it um, like sort of, you know, 50 whatevers. Um, and, you know, I think meaning Tesla not fast or meaning expensive? They charge, they charge not that oh, well, fast. Well, right? they're, 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 so, they're, so they're really slow. Um, yeah, they're okay. really, really slow charging. Um, 50 kilowatt charges. Um, whereas, you know, the, the Ionity ones, which are very slowly starting to come in, they charge at 350. So oh, okay. like seven times faster. Yeah? That's what Tycon um, uses. Yeah, they use the good Yes, shit. exactly. But, you, but you've got to have the 800 volt architect, to be, which the Tycon yeah. has to be able to take advantage of it. Um, and so, so we have a shit char- charging infrastructure when it works. Yeah. But the amount of times I've turned up at some service area on the motorway with some in, a, in an EV with fuck all electricity left in it and discovered that the one point that's available is available because it's not working. Um, so, this, <laughs> yeah. so you know, you've got to sort that out. Um, yeah. It's also, you know, unless you're going to charge from home, um, which obviously a lot of people do and, you know, charge overnight and that's fine. Um, if you're out and about getting electricity, it's not cheap anymore. Um, the government is also starting to realize that, you know, all this revenue, which they get from taxing petrol, yeah, that's going to go. And they're starting to think, oh, shit, where are we going to get it back from? And, and, you know, and these, in fact, only today, they've cut the grants because up until now, you've been able to get a big fat grant. If you buy a pure EV, you get thousands and thousands off it because the government just yeah. pays that for you. Yeah. Um, not only have they cut that right back today, they have said it only applies to cars now. Um, costing thirty five thousand pounds, so you know, oh, there goes so no so luxury goes, EVs. So there goes there goes your Tesla discount, right? Um, but um, so we still have I that mean, here in California. Like I've ordered the the Mach E, the Ford one actually, which I yeah. I reviewed for a week and I loved it. I thought it was great. I mean, it's an appliance, but it's a really nicely made appliance. It's it's um, a good car, isn't it? It is a very good car. I think it's a very good car. I, 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 it's I felt like a good car. Yeah, for yeah. what for an appliance, it's really for my wife. But point being, tax credit is still in effect in California. So seventy five hundred dollars is a lot. It's quite a bit. That's a lot. Is, okay, so we're not. Yeah. Public, I, I think we were like. Sorry, sorry I think is, we're is, in is the UK. I think we're about, there that's growing, but the infrastructure and all the problems are hampering it. Are people clamoring for a better solution, or is everyone still okay with ICE cars? And they're kind of like, mm, this isn't for us. I think that if the infrastructure was there, I think people would. I think people would climb into EVs. 
Yeah. Whether the, whether they have they are, to make the experience appealing to people. It has to, it can't be, you're going to do this because we have to, and it's going to be annoying, but you got to do yeah. it like, no, like just make yeah. it not annoying. And then people will do it voluntarily. Like, yeah. I, I, and also, you know, people will continue to be scared about running out of electricity long after the time when they should stop being scared about running out of electricity. Cause that's just the nature of, of, of people, isn't it? Um, mm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, with the infrastructure, if you if you had that, if people always knew that they would always be able to fill whenever they were low and it would be fast, I think that, you know, we, our, our government is committed to banning sales of pure um, petrol diesel cars in 2030 and hybrids by 2035. Um, and there's so much work which needs doing between now and yeah. then for there to be even a chance um, of EVs literally replacing that lot. Um I don't know. Maybe they can do it. Maybe they can't. But um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I'm a bit EV skeptic, um, just because you know I have a bit of an understanding about you know some of the issues that surround you know the creation and the disposal of all this stuff. And I just fundamentally, I just don't like heavy cars. Um, but at the same time, appliance as a white good, as we call them, to go and do a specific job and transport. Um, you know, if, if you're set up right, so you don't have a long journey to do, you can all charge from home, so you don't have to get fleeced right. on the motorway. You don't have to worry about whether the charging station is going to be open or not. Um, and, you know, and you can just waft around in silence. Um, yeah, then for that, for a certain sort of person in a certain sort of application, I think they're absolutely fine. Yeah. But If you um, live in an urban environment like we do, you know, where in LA, you could spend easily, let's say you had a lot of errands to run, you know, you could spend seven or eight hours in the car throughout a day. Maybe you'd drive 40 miles. I mean, it could be that, that could, that's a realistic scenario. And so in that type of yeah. scenario, an EV is a wonderful thing. I mean, you're so much more relaxed at the end of that day. You know, yeah. and so I, that that's where it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's that that Absolutely. high time, low speed, high traffic, you know, situation that it really does uh, work for. And I'm with you on the inconveniences of it. They have to make the experience positive over the overall experience, you know, not yeah. just the driving of the car experience. So if I was if I was rich and I wanted to become even richer, what I would do is I go around doing things like buying up old Fiat 500s um, and restoring them and putting EV powertrains in them. Do you so know how much money people in California are making doing that right now? I have are a client right who wanted me to do that exact thing with that exact yeah. car and yes. had me shop. You know what that costs? Yeah. 50 to 70 Gs with like a two yeah, to five month exactly. waiting but list. But you know what? Yeah, exactly. So we're not quite there. <laughs> with those I mean, it, 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 it is starting. Um, yeah. And uh you know when it comes because it's it's the ultimate you know so you're on a really small compact car um and you can still kit it out with uh you know, you can put navigation in it and a decent music machine all the stuff that you that the, and probably air conditioning too that you kind of need mm -hmm. to exist in the town um and you look really cool and you're allowed in nobody tries to tax you you can park it anywhere um and i think that kind of ev is just fantastic but yeah. I just, uh, for the Haggerty show, drove a Willys Jeep converted to EV, which oh. could be the ultimate pub car. I mean, I mean, it could be, did could you, be did on you, your did list. Did you like of... it? Ye yes, except for a couple of things. Um, uh, I, I didn't, it, I'm fat and Willys, I, I, 
there must have not been anyone the size of me in the 40s because because the steering wheel the steering wheel left a fucking bruise in my gut yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this uh, uh and and also um the shop that built it although they did a very good job and i have a whole video coming out about this on haggerty i'm not giving away the plot it's just one little one little detail it's a really fun story yeah. because it's not actually a willie's jeep do you know about the filipino willie's type jeeps no. Long and short of it, America destroyed Manila in World War II, including yeah. their public transit system, which was a very healthy public transit system. They left behind all these Willys Jeeps, though. Okay, some some they left, some they sold to locals and whatever, and the locals converted them into like buses, and that became their public transit system. So the Willys Jeep is iconic in the Filipino culture. So the one I'm driving is a Filipino Willys, not a real army Willys. Having said that, uh, the gearing could have been a little different. It was geared for some speed, uh, which I would probably, I don't need a Willys that does a hundred. Okay. We could could probably dial that back. So I would change the metal drive slightly. So it was a little more uh, towards the acceleration, a little less towards the, uh, there's a picture of it, Zach, on Tangent Vector's Instagram, actually. Um, In the concept, dude, a hundred percent. Your land, your old Land Rover, these old Willys, Volkswagen microbuses, all that shit. Is oh, so microbus! I can, I, can, I can see a microbus EV. That'd be quite cool. Could you? Could you put I, it? Back? I drove one. They built one. Yeah. So with with the Willys, yeah. Could you? Could you? Yeah. So you'd say they don't butcher the car sufficiently that you can't. You, you couldn't put the old powertrain back in it again if you wanted to. So you're, so you're not effectively with the willies. The I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah, no, the willies yeah. with the willies, the entire battery pack and motor controller unit went and was shaped like in. the original yeah. engine. It went in the engine yeah. well, and then it had yeah. a shaft, a, sh- a prop shaft, and uh, and it had a diff and, an, and a live axle. Yeah, it, it could have been, it could have been turned back to gas. Yeah, for sure. We're really? starting to see a couple okay. in California. We're starting. I filmed this in Willie's in New York, but we're we're starting to feel in California. There's dudes showing up with like old 911s converted to EVs. There's a guy running around with a 308 wow. that had an engine fire, and he did an EV conversion. Oh it's no, there's cool. an EV Ferrari. It's got to be a story. There is. There. Yeah, it's a 308. It EV burned. For- it, the engine burned, and they and the guy bought it burned and put converted it to EV. And that guy actually now has a company doing EV installs with EV West parts. Oh wow! Okay. That's Eric Hut. That's Hutch. Okay. That's that guy. So yeah. It yeah. sounds to me like you're you're probably two three years ahead of us because this is just starting over here. You could be the um, guy. I mean, you could be the guy for sure. Yeah, There's and, and yeah. you could come to you could come to California and do a tour of these places. I mean, you could get a car and you could just you could do a tour of these places and yeah. pretend to be a, an interested customer. Fucking yeah. heavy recon. Just hook up a little old classic 500 on a trailer to like a, a G class Mercedes and roll around like you're a customer and get recon. <laughs> that'd be good that'd be good yeah i think i just i just you know with the 500 this time it was something like a 308 i think i just i think i'd just be sad about the about the v8 that wasn't getting used anymore i know the car burnt but um yeah, yeah. i wouldn't i personally wouldn't do a ferrari either i'm just using it. it's just an example of the kind of variety yeah. we're starting to ferrari, I, you know what EV, i would do bro roses roses from the 50s yeah, and 60s yeah wouldn't that be cool of course yes, all because day. That's what, i mean rolls royce they made an electric phantom yeah about yes six seven years ago i drove it i'm it's sure the best rolls royce i've ever driven 
How are they not full EV right now? Why is Rolls Royce not well, a leader um, in EVs? They're already heavy. They're already don't give a fuck about a lot of things that yeah. other cars do. And what do they want from a car? They want talk and silence. Right. Duh. It's probably yeah. convenience, right? And who's road tripping one? Like nobody's road tripping these things. They go to the country club and back. You know what I mean? It's a perfect yeah. opportunity. But one from the 50, like, oh, or a Corniche, an EV Corniche oh, would be the yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that would be, yeah. That, yeah, would, be that would be sick. I would yeah. fuck with for sure. Yeah, so all, all those 50s cars, all those all, all those cruiser cars. So the ones that you don't actually have because you actually want to drive them because they're all shit. Yeah. But they look amazing. They look amazing. <sighs> And yeah. just wafting around in one of those um, inside. That would be fun. That would be great yeah. fun, man. Be a, lot, great. a lot of American cars, which, which would fit that bill too. Oh, yeah. Oh, anybody doing, is, is, Mercury's. Totally. Is anybody doing EV muscle cars? So is, has anybody got a, like a, I don't know, a 440 charger and done? So I haven't seen a, a builds yet because I haven't been to SEMA in a couple of years. Um, but, the, you know, you know, uh, General Motors has now an EV crate engine that is designed to bolt up to a gearbox. You know, it's got like an adapter. So you would you would bolt it to some type of a gearbox. And I think it's designed for drag racing. Um, and the new uh, the new Ford Mustang Cobra Jet, the factory Mustang drag car that you can just buy. That's an EV now. That's not a gas car anymore. That is an EV drag car. I think it's 1,400 horsepower. <laughs> you know, wave of the future, I guess. What is, but yeah, it's how, is the, how is the kind of traditional Mustang community, um, how, how is it reacting to the Mach-E? Are they, are they cool about it? Um, you know, think it's a, it's, no, they are loud about it. They're loud about they're it. Loud they don't like it. the name. That if, if, if they don't like that this is a Mustang. They think it's not really a, a good Mustang. The non-enthusiast community, the regular folks I interacted with driving around Los Angeles were 100% on board. Yeah. And were literally going, is that the new Mustang? Like they were, yeah. they were, they were on board. Yeah. Um, and to them, the enthusiasts I, are not about the name. But, but, but and they're not saying is that the new Ford Mustang? It's just the Mustang. The, the word Ford kind of isn't even in the, uh, and that's how, the, and that's why they call it the Mustang because they couldn't charge that kind of money for it if it was a Ford. Right. Yeah. yeah I think I, I think it was very I, smart marketing. Got everybody talking about yeah. it. It has huge yeah. cachet. I think they should offer a horse badge delete. You know how you can get your 911 badge delete? I think yeah, they yeah. should offer a, hor a horse delete. Or or an, an alternate badging that's just like the 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 Mach E, so, you know, because Mach E to me does work, even though they had fucking Galaxy, right? I mean, they had they had some yeah, they, Lightning. right, and they you know Galaxy had a number after it, so you could have done the it could Galaxy five hundred, Galaxy three fifty, you could have done, you know, the they could have done a thing, they could have but done no one's thing. heard when of the Galaxy the since sixty two, so that's the problem. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I have. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I get a good one. I see galaxies racing, and they're just the coolest thing. That's right. True. That's that the shit. The yeah, they race. They race video. Yeah, they race yeah. galaxies. Yeah. Um, Zach, scroll down. Uh, we, Zach has the article up. The fourteen hundred horsepower Cobra Jet. I just want to see what the number. Uh, it's the same power as the supercharged five two, the old one. So fourteen hundred horsepower and eleven hundred pound feet of torque. Yum. Runs mid eight second quarter. <laughs> mid eights. <laughs> but did you see uh, there's a guy down here in Florida who got a 765 LT, put a, yeah. a 100 octane tune, downpipes, and drag radials on it, and ran an eight nine quarter mile? Shit. 
<laughs> I mean, fundamentally, McLaren and, is selling and, you and, an eight-second car. And, and he did that with the boost, presumably. It's he, they just tuned it for hundred octane fuel. They because they because they tune nine they tune seven six fives for shitty ninety one California octane. If you just retune it yeah. for hundred octane, that thing makes like nine hundred plus horsepower. Like you can lease it. You can lease that. You just show up with money, and they sell you that. You no requirements at all. <laughs> so crazy. It's crazy. I mean, uh, what I find amazing is is that with cars like that, you know, if you have, if you get a P, when, when did the P one come out? 13, 14, something 13 like that. Thirteen or fourteen? Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Was it a long time ago? Maybe even yeah. twelve. God, that car's old. No, I think where did the time no, I think go? It, I th- yeah, yeah. Okay, go but ahead. Let's let's call it let's let, let's call it eight years. And now they're kind of standard offering okay so lt is not quite standard but it's not their hypercar right it's now doing things that a, that, that a p1 couldn't dream of right um you know a, a 765 lt is so much quicker than a p1 um it's, that and, it's, nuts. and it was like a it's a, like a third of the money uh and that's the progress well if you, if you want to call it progress or whether it's progress in the right direction is another conversation but you know, it is amazing that you know yesterday's super exotic um, million pound or million dollar hypercar is now kind of like part of the standard model range. Right. It's wild. Have you ever yeah. driven a Hellcat? No, but I'd love to. Yeah, see, see, that's, <laughs> see, that's another one because like we talk about like, oh. oh my God, the performance you can get from, you know, these, these, okay. It's like, it's still a $400,000 buy-in, you know, and, and the Venn diagram of earning money and be good at driving is just fucking two circles over here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. but, <laughs> <laughs> each other. but still, you know, you can get a Hellcat straight up lease, like no money down, like thousand bucks a month. And you're in a Hellcat that's like seven to 800 horsepower, with a chassis that was developed in the late the late 1990s. <laughs> I did That's drive, just I crazy. Drove, what's the Mustang? Is it the GT500? Yes. Yeah. So I drove that. I drove that in the States. I want to say last year, but it's probably the year before, wasn't it? Um, oh, then you drove the new one the, the with the dual clutch gearbox. Good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good one. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking good, isn't it? It's, it's impressive, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, not much not to like about that. Yeah, that was... Uh, no, they did so that's a the fabulous close, that, job. That's, so that's the closest to a Hellcat I've got. A Hellcat yeah. is that with none of the traction uh, and none of the turn-in. <laughs> and you know that planted feeling you had in the middle of a corner? None of that either. Yeah, no, that was- <laughs> <laughs> but you know what you have in England are a lot of fucking airfields. And so yeah. if you wanted to send a car fucking sideways at 90 especially the charger because the wheelbase is so long yeah. it is it's the one of the best drift cars you know just right out of yeah, the box I'm sure. you know because yeah. it's so it's so sloppy that you can weight transfer it like real nice <laughs> you know and the, and the long wheelbase <laughs> and then just it really to let it go just, yeah. yeah they're hilarious no. but you could just lease them yeah there's uh, no restrictions 700 horsepower <laughs> I, mean, I need to do crazy. that i need to do that it yeah. is. I think you need to come. You need to experience the latest America because we really yeah. are on another level out here. <laughs> Have you seen our new fucking trucks? <laughs> Richard Porter comes over here well, once a year against the biggest super duty that they'll that they'll let him, and he just is like, "What is wrong with your country?" And he's always surprised that he can't park oh. it anywhere. He's like, "I don't know why this don't fit." <laughs> 
It won't fit. Yeah. Uh, I, I love driving in America. It's just, it is completely different. Um, it's yeah, fine. It's, um, yeah, it can be. It can be really annoying too, depending on where yeah, you are. Yeah, well, our, dri- our drivers are fucking horror shows. I mean, are, are the, the level of training that we have in this country for driving is is abysmal. I mean, so. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're much Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> What's your favorite country to drive in? Italy? Used to be. Used to be because you could get away with anything in Italy. Yeah, now. Um, okay, so Northern now Spain's really good because there's no... Okay, Northern Spain is really good because there's no one there. Um, and the roads are really cool. Um, South Africa. South Africa, mm. once you kind of, once you get clear of the coast and you get up into the middle, you can go forever. I mean, you can go and do... You can, you, you, I mean, uh, Jaguar launched the original XK down there in whenever it was, 2005 or whatever. And I can just remember going to this drive out into the middle and there. We went over the Franchuk Pass and then we just went north and basically doing a tank at 100 miles an hour on these roads which just do that all the time. Every corner is not quite flat. And it's just, oh, yeah, you could just so Yeah, that, that, that's a, South Africa is probably the place I'd go to drive a car. Um, I didn't make it England. past the wine country. I got to go. I got to go keep yeah, going. Uh, north, yeah, right? yeah, you go yeah, past the keep, wine yeah, country. Keep, yeah. Okay. Go past the wine country. Yeah. And, and then just basically just head for what is due north? Yeah. Head for Zimbabwe or Botswana <laughs> or something like that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good. Just something where, where else? Um, are you bored? Are you bored should... of like the Swiss Alps? Do they just not interest you anymore? Or are they still, are they still great? Again, it, depending on when you're there, the thing the thing is that the theory and the reality. I mean, everybody, for instance, everybody goes on about you know the Stelvio Pass and things like that. Um, but well, exactly. Um, Stelvio Pass yeah. is great if you're Top Gear and can close the Stelvio Pass. The exactly. Stelvio Pass when yeah. people are on it is utter shit, except for the espresso you drink at the fucking top. Yeah, and the exactly. T-shirt you I mean, buy. Particularly because all the people on it are riding bicycles. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, there are there there are certainly roads. So there's the sort of there's the there's the Ronda Road in Spain. There's the Route Napoleon in France, which are all really great roads. Um, but I guess I guess we've just been down them so many times, um, and I just, I just like discovering new stuff. Um, yeah. And in fact, one of the things I want to do is I want to I want to head out into which I I, I I mean I've been to these places, but only kind of down the motorways. I want to go out into Eastern Europe. And places like Slovakia and Hungary and that sort of thing, because I reckon they're going to have some really cool roads. And I yeah. just don't know anything about them. And they don't, you know, they don't have great, you know, population density, so there won't be anybody on them. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, South Africa. South Africa is a good tip. That's a good tip. Yeah, that's like the yeah. that's like the West Virginia of the of the rest of the world. West Virginia <laughs> in America is the place that has the best roads that nobody would ever think about. Because you so, think about I California. Thought, I, I you thought, think I thought, it was, I, thought, I thought it was Montana was the place to go to go drive cars. If you want to go real fast, Montana is yeah. probably a good place to do it. Um, but okay. but uh, we have a lot of options. We have a lot of options for driving real fast. But West Virginia in, is where you're probably least likely to think of when you think of good roads. And yet every yeah. road would, would surprise you over there. It's very good. Okay. So we, we tend to... There's one road, you'll know it. Um, we tend to go to Palm Springs a lot. And there's a road, mm-hmm. there's a mountain road outside Palm Springs. Yeah, the 74 into uh, going up the hill, right? 
Is it, yeah, you go up the hill, you go down the other side, and then you get to that junction, you turn around, and you go back over it again, yeah? Exactly. Yeah. The gas station. We've, yeah, we yeah. closed it once. Exactly. Yeah. We've, clo- we've closed it to film. It was, I, uh, I filmed. I filmed a fuck. You know what I filmed on that road on the closed section of that road? Cause when we close the roads, the cops are like, they're on board with whatever you want to do. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. They're about it. And I filmed a nine, nine, seven GT two upgraded to 800 horsepower with a sequential gearbox in it, like a Hollinger wow. sequential gearbox. Okay. And it had no lift shift BBI Autosport built. It had no lift shift. And when you shifted at 7,000, it sounded like you were shooting a double barreled shotgun. And I, and I went up the hill. Bang, 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 bang. I came back down the hill. The cops going, what the fuck were you doing up there? I was like, I don't know, like a buck 30, a buck 40. He goes, no, you weren't going that fast. I go, yeah, yeah, I was. He goes, oh, that's fucking great. They're on there on board. Pro. It's amazing. So what? So how do you get? How do you get to shut? Other than obviously being like a really important guy, how do you get to shut a road like that? Is it really expensive? Zachary, or is it- <laughs> you have a Zach. Uh, yeah, you have. Yeah, you just submit a permit application and you send an application to the CHP and say we would like to do this on this location on this date, and they'll look at it and they'll usually say okay, and you get you know a piece of paper from the permit office and a piece of paper from the CHP, and you pay them when they show up, and then they kind of just close the road and let you do what you want. In order to get that far, you have to have a production insurance policy that if you're not a professional video production company, that policy would likely be prohibitively expensive. Uh, It's very expensive to get um, a single day of production insurance, especially for motor vehicle stuff. Right. So you have to be insured for the whole year. And in, in which case it's, it's, you know, you're doing that level of work, but you can't really just do it for an isolated day. So but but then you use for the whole year and then you can get loads of shit stuff closed for you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We're, we're exclude on my new Haggerty show. We are exclusively filming on closed roads. Do you know how lucky I feel? I am. I'm the luckiest person in the world. Don't. I got I'm, to, I'm leaving and now. I'm this choosing just- the roads. I am choosing my own fucking roads to close. The, the, the road we closed for the Yellowbird film is the road I have driven at insane speeds, like illegally for my entire life. I am like, it's like, wait a minute. You mean you're going to stop and I can go as fast as I fucking want? And that's that you're good. Yes, we're good. Okay. Like I, you talk about being lucky, man. I'm, I'm right there with that. So if you went to the police over here and said, Okay, guys, what I want to do, I want to shut this really cool road, which is part of the public highway, which everybody uses. And then I want to use it to drive like an idiot as fast as I possibly can. They wouldn't even understand the question. They wouldn't even understand the question. They would just go, hang on, hang on. What are we missing here? What what haven't you told us? Because it sounds like you want to close the road so you can drive (laughs) like that. That can't be it. So, I mean, it would be so far off their radar. Yeah, it would just be, it would be, be so, yeah, so... You know what, though? I think we, you know, that road that you and Chris use all the time. Um, yeah. It's got where the jump is. You know what I'm talking about? That's sort of near yeah. where you guys live. I don't know how to describe it more than that, but it's where Chris would have taken me to film something conveniently. We shut that road down using local police. JF did. We shut it down. Wow. It is it's totally talking- doable and we've done it. Jeez. Uh, he must have had deep pockets. Ask, uh, ask well, Chris. I, we did it. I will. I will. I will. I'm just yeah. trying to think which road you have because I know there's lots of, I know all the roads around here. I'm just trying to think of one with a big jump on it. Don't know. doesn't matter. Can I, can I, you're going to get really bored of me, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave in a minute, but can I just talk to you about race circuits in America? 
because yes. I haven't been to nearly enough. I'm one of the th- I, one of the things I have to do before I disappear from this world is I've got to go and drive, hopefully, race at Road America, because mm-hmm. I kind of look at all the tracks that you've got. Um, I, I did something at Big Willow a couple of years ago. And, and we, we, we're quite lucky. We've got some really good circuits in the UK. And obviously, we've got Spa and the Nürburgring not far away and that sort of thing. But there is something magical about US circuits that they are so kind of as they were. Your circuits, I think, probably the least messed about. Um, There's very, they're frozen in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that, that was the yeah. thing about Big Willie. You could go there and it was just like, wow, this is really what it was like in the 1950s. Yeah. Did you see did you see Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah, yeah, which they and they filmed so much of it there, didn't they? they? yeah, and they didn't dress it up at all. They just brought in they old cars and parked them in the they didn't paint you yeah. the, there's Toyota ads. You can see them in the fucking movie. They left the Toyota. Ads. <laughs> they, left, they didn't do anything. They just showed up and yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looked um, right. <laughs> no, yeah, you know what so it is? I'm, it's the same it's the same thing as like we have some go- America's best golf courses are over a hundred years old. You know what I mean? The really, really good golf courses. And it's because they're cut into the natural landscape. You know, they're not, it's not manufactured undulations. Yeah. It's really fits in with the natural landscape and Watkins Glen VIR and road America specifically fit into their natural landscape exceptionally well. Yeah. Lime Rock yeah. as well. Lime Laguna Rock does too. too. Yeah. Laguna Seca as well. Laguna Seca is another great example. And I and I think that th- that's why those tracks are really so good. On top of the the history, I'm just talking about purely the, the experience of driving them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I just go and, you know, I, I, I'm forever going and just on YouTube and just watching on board. I don't know why I've got to think about Red America. I just, I, I just want to go there. Uh, and, and I've spoken yeah. to a few people who've raced there and they it's just worth, go, it's, it's good. the best. It's very, it's yeah, best. Road America. I, I literally have a track map of Road America on my wall at, at home. It's it's my favorite track in America. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, best racetrack food. Best racetrack, the sausages. Okay. The sausages yeah. are That's a fucking get my amazing. Yeah. If you okay. come to the states and have a race in Road America, you want to we could you want to do like a uh, like shitbox racing? We could do like some uh, some champ car. We could do some E30s. We could do endurance oh, like shit, team racing. To. I would love yeah. to go and do a shitbox box race with you guys at Road America. That would make me very happy. Yeah, I mean I, I'm one of these. I mean you know I, I've been lucky enough to race all sorts of you know cool shit, but actually I'm just as happy in in, in a piece as long as I'm doing it with my mates. No one's taking themselves too seriously, and there's beer at the end of it. I'm happy. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Chris, uh, Chris came into a 24 hour race of VIR with us, and it was me, Chris, Mike Spinelli, and Lee Keen. <laughs> and uh, it was awesome. Chris and Lee Keen were yeah. fucking were on each other's uh, lap times and really not wanting to let each other lose. But it was it was a great time. And yeah. Road America is, is the best. I think it's the best place to drive a car in, in the entire United States. It's fabulous. And a fast car, so, you hit 150 three times a lap. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. awesome. And yeah. Chris and I do a a six hour race at Spa every year, every autumn. We go to Spa and we do the Spa six hours and a Ford Falcon. Um, oh. And, yeah. Um and like a tour like a touring most, car Ford Falcon or like a shitty yeah, Ford Falcon? 60, no, like Dude, a sixty four Falcon. It's so oh. great. Really? Oh, yeah, awesome. oh like that? I, oh wow, yeah. Look we got a picture of it. Oh, it looks fabulous. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we go. Oh, we go do like, that every It looks year. like you've built a, a Falcon Cortina. Have you made a Lotus Falcon Cortina out of that? It not looks, inten- it not intentionally. Like not like intentionally, it. but it's, it, it does look quite cool. Yeah, like that's that, great. Um, but actually, so the reason I mentioned well, that how is, many times? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. It's the reason I mentioned it is is it's actually you know the racing kind of is what we do when we're not doing other stuff, and it's just it's just the most brilliant. If I could say boys weekend away because I do it with my brother and with my nephew and with Chris and we just go over there and we drink too much, obviously after we've been in the car, not before um, and just scream with laughter. And it's just, it's just the most fun in the world. And, and then we get to, and this, and this Falcon, it's ridiculous because it's got, it's got so much power. I mean, it's basically, okay. So it's got a GT40 engine in it, um, but with a four barrel holly and a wet sump. but the, the rest of it is like, really? GT, yeah. So it's got 470 horsepower. Um, it sh- oh wow, it, it, that's a lot for a Falcon. <laughs> yeah, um, its chassis is absolutely terrible, um, <laughs> and so we just go and skid about, and it's just uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's it's just the most. Oh, it looks fabulous! Uh, I, 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 it looks like I'm a racing, great time. I'm racing a a silly car with your mates on a decent track is you know nothing makes me happier than that. So if we could go and do that. At the Glen or Red America yeah. or anywhere, that would make me a happy boy. Oh, dude, we should you should ship this Falcon over. Let's race that. <laughs> Let's just bring that thing. Just ship yeah, it. Cool. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, aside from a, aside from a shit box with your mates, what would be your ideal Road America car? But it needs to be something quite quick, wouldn't it? Um, For sure, because 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 you got big long straights, wouldn't it? Um, I Rock RSR, something like that. Oh yeah, there you go. Not even stopping halfway. You went full. You went full. <laughs> you went full on. Yeah, I rock on. Yeah. that's a yeah. good choice. I like that. I would go. I would go. Be though, right, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd go like uh, like something a little more manageable, like a like a nine eleven R maybe, or the aforementioned uh, nine nine seven four liter. That would be the thing, or maybe that that demand came in GT four. That might be the. Oh, okay, right so you're, okay, you're the, talking. Okay, so you're you're you're, you're talking about road cars. So, so so yeah, in terms of street cars. Yeah, nine nine seven GT GT three RS. That would be, yeah. that would, that would be yeah. perfect around there. Just something with. I would. Yeah, yeah. Enough power That'd to have a good cool. time. Yeah. yeah. Andrew, what do you want to promote other than the intercooler on Instagram? Anything else? No. Before we get out of here. No. The intercooler on Instagram. So at the intercooler on Instagram, come and take a look at it. Um, there are quite a few people who do these days. Uh, we try to do. We just try to do reasonably. We try to do fun stuff, but we try to do it with reasonable journalistic standards. So it's not. It's not pretty pictures. It's journalism, um, but it's very easily digestible. It's all quite short, and um, and we're going to be doing some quite fun other stuff with it in the next few weeks. So uh, if you want to find out about that too, um, yeah, come and take a look. There you go. Promo over. Awesome. And as soon as we can, uh, we'd love to host you to drive some America. Um, if you if you'd like to, if when you can make it back to this side of, uh, of you know, you know, once, uh, we, I will once we've there. disinfected, once we've disinfected our country, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, same here. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for your time. I'm sorry for the technical shit show that was yesterday. Um, we Not haven't actually guys. reviewed that yet. If there's if there's anything salvageable from yesterday's brief convo before the shit hit the fan, I will tack it at the end of, of this one. So if okay. this show ends now, there wasn't anything. <laughs> if this show keeps going, <laughs> and I mean that from a technical standpoint and not an editorial. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Andrew, yeah. thank you for your time. 
Oh, sorry. Guys, it's been a pleasure. Really, really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. Um, catch up with you soon. Yeah, let's do it again soon. Once you, uh, once England installs fiber optic in your shed. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you later. See you guys. Bye. That's our show, everybody. If there's more after this, it's from yesterday. Peace. Um, yeah, no. So we could take it from there. For sure, we had a drink in the pub with uh, with Mr. Harris in the uh, yeah the pub the pub is shut no for co- know, like, for COVID no just shut um, oh. the guys um, the guys who used to run it um, a lovely couple but uh, they um, how can I put this they probably weren't the right people to be running a pub um, <laughs> they kind of they, they they were quite keen on their produce um, and um, it all got a bit much for them so they left oh, no. um, and then it got taken over by someone who said they were going to renovate it and turn it into the world's greatest pub and that was two years ago and nothing's happened so oh, the no. pub is literally directly is directly between Chris and me um, and we don't have anywhere to drink anymore oh my god how unfortunate yeah. I mean I imagine you've had a while you probably you could build your own pub by now honestly Probably. Oh, don't. Yeah. I mean, oh, don't yeah. both of you have like extra sheds? Isn't everyone? Yeah, no, I'm in. I, 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 I got a couple of sheds. I'm in, I'm in one of my sheds now. Shed means a lot of other, like for uh, in America, a shed is literally like a, the crappiest possible building. But I, I've been in the UK and I've seen some sheds that are pretty serious. <laughs> serious yeah. So, okay. So, so, in, so in the UK, a shed means exactly that. But it can also mean, you know, Nick Mason with his, right. you know, with a, the greatest collection of private cars in the world might just sort of say in a rather sort of British way, oh, yeah, I've got a few things over in the shed. So it's kind of a catch-all term of a place where we go to do our stuff. Yeah, it's 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 like uh yeah it could be a it could basically be a museum <laughs> pretty it could be a race paddock yeah. it could be like almost anything yeah um it's funny that yeah. you mentioned Nick Mason I someone just gave me a publication uh today have you ever heard of the key no you have no idea what this is, is right the key me I've never heard of this either someone gave me this magazine and Zach will you will you run next door and get the book off my desk because I want to show this to Andrew somebody out there and I think it's someone of reasonable importance in the collector car world assembles yeah. this paperback coffee table book annual. It's very okay. heavy and very well yeah. printed. It's very pretty. Okay. And it's got, you know, some editorials and some stuff like that and coverage of events, but it also has, it's called the key 2020 top of the classic car world. It says, wow. and it has a okay. literal, and I'm going to say it like you say it, a literal ranking of the top 100 collectors globally. And you said Nick Mason has the best collection in the world, when in fact, according to this guy, Nick Mason actually has the 30th best collection in the world. Uh, Okay, I think I I said in the UK. Um, Oh, in the UK? You might um, might be right. You might be right there. Oh, no. Technically, according to this, Anthony Bamford is 29. Uh, Okay. I don't know how they come up with it. They got Ralph Lauren is number three. Who's number one? Everett Lohman, Lohman. Oh, Lohman. Yeah, the Lohman Museum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah Lohman. Yeah. I, I, I know those guys. Yeah. And uh, Arturo Keller is number two. Yeah. Who's someone I've have you heard of Arturo Keller? Yeah, I've heard of it. Uh, yeah, but I think he, I think he's I think his collection is pretty private. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the Lohman collection is the Dutch Motor Museum, so anyone can go and see that. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful museum, by the way. But uh, it's yeah. a, I've never heard of this book before. All of a sudden, my friend gives it to me, and now we've got a list of the. Hundred biggest collectors. Leno is fifty. 
like our 55, wow. like, like there's 55 people in the world with better collections <laughs> than Jay Leno. Are you kidding? It's like crazy. <laughs> yeah. It seems hard to believe. Uh, what, is the, one of them. what is the craziest collection that you've ever seen in person, Andrew? The craziest collection. There was a bloke um, over here, actually not far from me called James Hull. Um, and he just acquired loads of weird stuff that nobody else wanted. Mm-hmm. So this is all like the sort of stuff that the British motor industry, when it was at its most epically shit in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't even know if these names mean anything to you. Things like Austin Allegro's and Morris Marina's. And Only because I've seen Top Gear, you know, I, from watching yeah, years okay, of so, Top okay. Gear, I'm casually okay. familiar, but I've seen none of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, he had, so he would have rows and rows of these things um, in his shed. Um all of them kind of immaculate, none of which have turned a wheel for decades. And he just, he just, <laughs> he just hoarded this stuff. And it was, I mean, there was some really good stuff in there too. There was a, you know, an XKSS Jaguar in there and, uh, and all sorts, but I can just regret going in there and seeing all this stuff, which I guess it's just all the stuff that nobody else wanted and just thinking, well, I just didn't understand. And I still don't understand what makes someone go out and do that, but there's a bit of me that's kind of glad that he does because I just, I just like people who are interested in, in different stuff uh, and it clearly worked for him. So that's all cool. When someone has, you know, the space and the money, you know, and they're not, they're not hurting anybody. Okay, cool. I have a friend in here in Ohio in America named, named Myron. They called him Mr. Jalopnik and this guy, mm. uh, you might've heard of this guy. He's got a pretty epic collection. It's basically like what you're talking about, except yeah. a lot of the stuff he gets is like the really terrible Japanese cars. Cause most Japanese cars were like kind of decent, but some are like horror shows and he collects some, <laughs> some early terrible Japanese and some of those weird uh, like coach built Econo boxes from like the eighties that nobody really wanted. Um, and, and he had for a while this, uh, this, Porsche 901 convertible prototype, right? Wow. Your eyes just went up, right? Because that's yeah. it is what I just said it is. Like 15 years ago, he sold it a, a ton of money. You know, he had it forever. Nobody cared for the lever. All of a sudden, it's something very special. He sells it all this money and he just rolls it into like a hundred shit boxes. <laughs> And, and he's just buying all kinds of crazy, weird Japanese stuff. Whatever he finds, he's still going. He's the sweetest guy. He's great. But he's, he's really got a big shed full of really bizarre stuff. Oh, is Andrew frozen? 